Season three has arrived, and we are here to for tour. It's just a packed show all the way around. So strap yourselves in. This is going to be a long ride. Welcome yeah. to season to the season three finale, episode one fifty three of the No Spots Weekly Re- Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, one of your hosts, DC's People Share from the People Studios in Alexandria, Virginia. I need to introduce you as always, if you're watching us on Twitch, to my left, your right, none other than from the regular basement, the Dark Sith himself, Sith. I hope you're ready for this. This is going to be a long one, dude. Yeah, this is going to be a banger. Um, Welcome, everyone, to the regular basement. Yes, we are in old school territory here today. Um, Thanks to all chatters, lurkers, followers, subscribers, all of our audio listeners, and people finding us for the first time. I can tell you all from the start, we're on vacation for two weeks after this episode, and we won't come back with name changes or bots impersonating us either, because we are the real deal, fam. Champ, what's good in the people's studio in Alexander, what's good in the people's studios in Alexandria, good son? I know damn well he did not just make that joke at the start of the podcast. Oh, we are are probably chalk, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, um, (coughs) Jesus Christ, he he really dropped that joke at the top of the podcast. As Larry said, I'm an asshole, I'm an asshole. Anyway, what's going on, everybody, in the Twitch chat right now? We have Hector here, Whitney's lurking. The feral goat yep. is up in here. Feral goat bad. We got uh, Judy's up in here. Judy, I've missed you. You haven't been around for a while. Hope you're doing well. And we yep. are got um, a. And wait, every, why are you confused, Hector? You you're confused? confused because we had NXT just happen, and we had NXT call ups, and they had name changes. We're getting ready yeah. to go on break. We're not having name changes. In fact, I'm having to explain a joke that was that. And weird also, the Tony Khan went off saying that. Most of his haters are people that are bots online. He said that yesterday on Twitter. I'm like, dude, come on. Stop being a fan. Be an owner. Yeah, Tony got Tony got a chill. Tony's got to absolutely chill. But anyway, uh, we got again. As we said, we have a lot to cover on this episode. Of course, you know we had WrestleMania weekend just happen, so we're going to do a recap of Stand and Deliver as well as. Both nights of WrestleMania, and then of course in the week in review, we'll have the fallout from all of that that happened WrestleMania weekend. Uh, just a note: we will not be doing a review of 
Impact this week because Impact was just a review of the multiverse of matches that took place over WrestleMania weekend. So it's really nothing to either push, bury, or otherwise. So that's just not going to be in rotation this week. But it will be back when we return from our break. Uh, we have in news and notes, we have an update on a recently injured WWE superstar. Uh, also, we will talk about the G1 Climax uh, schedule being announced as well as a current NXT champion being released and the subsequent relinquishment of said championship. So we got all of that for you this week uh, on the podcast. So again, strap yourselves in. It's going to be a light referee. You know what time it is. All right, let's get into our news and notes here for for the first story. And the first story is, of course, a recently injured WWE superstar. An update on them recently just had surgery to repair the injury. And that person is none other than Rick Boogs. Yes, Rick Boogs, uh, who suffered the injury during the opening tag team championship match, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match that opened up night one of WrestleMania. And a lot of people thought that the injury was a work until mm-hmm. he was no longer seen on camera until the end, and they basically had to go to the finish really fast with uh, Shinsuke taking the pin- pinfall loss to the Usos via the 1D. Uh, Rick Boogs had surgery earlier this week in Birmingham, Alabama to repair a torn quad as well as a torn patella tendon. Uh, The injury happened when he attempted to lift up both Usos in the fireman's carry and his leg gave out and he collapsed. Um, The injury does have an expected um, duration of time being out of 6 to 12 months, even though we don't know the severity and there was no official timetable given. so that so yeah, very very, very very sad for 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 Boogs. It was his very first WrestleMania in a match, big big moment on the main stage, and then that injury happens. He did post on uh, social media uh, following the injury and said this: "From the highest of highs to lowest of lows, having my beautiful wife with me to experience my first WrestleMania, getting the, the incredible opportunity to open the show." being able to just demonstrate brute strength in front of millions of viewers. Unfortunately, the doctor told me my quad was too strong for the tendon, and it was flexing so hard, it ripped the tendon totally off the bone. I am still incredibly grateful for the experience and for all the love and support. History proves I will come back bigger, better, and stronger. It's a mindset. And he is, as of the time of this recording, he has not put out a statement after his surgery, but I'm pretty sure something will come out. Uh, Sith. Uh, what are your thoughts on this situation? Heartbreaking injury, to say the least. We'll be covering the match itself in a couple of minutes and when we do our recaps of NXT Standard Delivered and WrestleMania both nights. But heartbreaking injury. Hope he gets well soon. And like what I say, with all wrestlers that get injured, please do not rush yourself back. Take as much time as you need to heal. Indeed, I, I agree. He definitely needs to take as much time to heal up, rehab that injury. I mean, torn quads. We've seen Triple H take him nine months. The first time he tore his one quad, mm-hmm. and then when he tore the other one, it took him eight months to get back. So it's typically a six- to 12-month recovery, but then you also have to take into account a torn patella tendon as well. And so I'm pretty sure that the six- to 12 months is probably a, a pretty generous estimate on when yeah. Boos will be back. Uh, in the WWE, but uh, wish him all the best, and hopefully 
He'll be back soon, stronger and bigger and better than ever, as he said. Uh, so we move on to New Japan news. And this morning, New Japan had its Hyper Battle 22 mega event, which had six championship matches on the card. Uh, but during that show, uh, before the intermission, there was a little nice little announcement given by New Japan. And that announcement was that the G1 Climax Tournament, its annual round-robin tournament, is returning to its midsummer midsummer slot uh, space uh, after two years of being in the fall. In 2020, it was supposed to be in the fall because of the Tokyo Olympics, which were actually postponed because of the pandemic. And then they stayed on the 20 uh, in the fall for the 2021. Uh, go because again of the olympics and things like that thanks for the 50 bitch sunshine i'm still watching by the way um but this year they are moving back to its july uh july to through august time uh, area where they have their annual tournament uh the tournament will return to its uh regular su- uh summertime slot the first 20 shows occurring in hokkaido the final three will happen at the nippon at the nippon budokan hall in tokyo japan and so, Kazuchika Okada, who is the current G1 Climax uh, winner from last year, he'll be the defending champion. Uh, he will be in this. We can expect him to be in this field. We do not know who is going to be in this field. So, the tournament will open on Saturday, July the 16th in uh, Hokkaido. And in the first two days will be in Hokkaido, which means it will be Block A and Block B in those nights. And it will... Go all the way through Japan, including stops in Corquin Hall, Dolphins Arena, Hamamatsu, the Edeon Arena, Hiroshima, finishing off in the Nippon Budokan on Tuesdays, August 16th and 17th, which I expect will be block finals night, the, the, the final night of block. And then Thursday, the 18th at the uh, Sumo Hall will be the final. What do you think, Seth? Let's fucking go. Um... Some of my favorite matches that are kind of like behind the scenes, if you will, are matches that champions Sage watch in the new, in this New Japan Cup in this tournament. And then yeah. they go, man, you gotta fucking watch this match. I'll go back, find it online, and be like, holy shit, this was awesome. And it's a good thing, though, that they're bringing it back to its regular slot, which tells me that even with the new variant, at least for now, they're not too worried about the new variant and having fans come in. So that's also a good thing. But to sum it up, let's fucking go, champ. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. So that what that means is that um, <clears throat> next month, Myself and Sage will be doing the podcast series for the best of super juniors. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a month off. And then mid July, we'll be doing another podcast uh, for the G1 climax, which means that climax, world yeah. tag league will have its own spot in the fall. And there's possible, I mean, Jeez. maybe they might bring back uh super junior tag league. Who knows? But that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. Neither it's here nor there. Amazing. Yep, and just as we're great. getting into a little bit of a lull, boom, G1 Climax. 
Exactly. So we're getting you know? some really, we're getting two really big tournaments in the sum, mm-hmm. in the like late spring, early summer, into the midsummer, going into the fall. So it's going to be a great time. If you're not watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, what are you waiting on? You should get on it right there, and the you need to be support. able to keep up. If you and if you need to keep up with New Japan Pro Wrestling, we have the New Japan recaps here on the podcast, and we do those podcast series for the big tournaments. So make sure you check those out. Uh, finally, a two two and for one story is that it was announced by WWE themselves that the NXT Tag Team Championships have been relinquished and new champions will be crowned on this Tuesday's edition of NXT 2.0. The announcement did not make mention of the current champions, MSK, nor have they acknowledged one half of them's departure, which we'll get into in just a minute. West uh, Lee is still with the company, and they had previously announced that the the, the two that MSK were going to defend those championships against Grayson Walla and Sanga, uh, but now that's not going to happen. And there's no word on who will be going after those championships, or what's the future of the other half of the, the team who is still with the company. Why we say that is because earlier this week. Uh, Nash Carter was released by WWE. Just came out of nowhere. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful reported on Twitter that he had heard that he had been released, and then six minutes later said, "I now I can now confirm this information." West uh, Nash Carter was released from WWE. Uh, this release reportedly comes on the heels of very serious allegations of abuse from his wife, current Impact Wrestling star and former Chikara Grand Champion Kimber Lee. Uh, Lee post uh, alleged that Carter physically and emotionally abused her and had accused the man of holding anti-LGBTQ views. Also posted a picture of what what looked like him doing the Nazi salute, looking trying to imitate Hitler. She also posted but then deleted a picture of her with like war wounds on her and things like that. Uh, West Wesley's wife counter uh, had counterclaims saying that Carter had been living with him and with his taxi partner and his wife for the past year trying to get away from Kimberly and this is just an ugly situation all the way around even if and I'm, I'm gonna say this very very candidly even if the allegation even if the abuse allegations turn out to be untrue that picture is nuts fam. There's no way you should have that kind of picture out there in the multiverse or saved anywhere. But I'll give more yeah. thoughts on that after Sip. But I'll yield the floor to Sip. Your thoughts on this happening. Nash Carter, three, literally three or four days after winning the Tag Team Championships for the second time, is now out of WWE. Yeah. It... And I understand where both sides are coming from here. But... WWE has had somewhat of a zero tolerance policy where it comes to abuse. Um, people don't remember, but when the speaking out movement had, which we did cover, WWE let go of some of their top indie talent that had these allegations and as far as the pick goes champ already knows because i said in our chat this is just as bad as jackson Riker and blackface 
And Riker lasted a hell of a lot longer than shouldn't have. He should have been fired immediately, just like Nash over that photo. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I don't want to know what he was thinking, dressing up and doing a Hitler salute. That's fucking bullshit. Champ, I yield. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's I can't. I don't want to sit here. I don't want to sit here and and you know speculate on whether those abuse allegations were true or untrue. Apparently, Wesley's wife is saying they're not true because he had been staying with them for over a year trying to get away from her. But regardless of if they are real or not, again, that picture. There's mm-hmm. no shot. You should have that picture. Any you no. should have that picture. There's no way. You know the climate that we're living in. You know the climate that we're living in. Black Lives Matter, that kind of thing. And yeah. you have a that kind of picture just sitting around chilling. I never, I never advocate for someone losing their job. As someone who works in HR, the best joy is is give is making sure someone gets a job. And mm-hmm. I hate, you know, the prospect of someone losing their job. But I'm sorry, but just that picture alone, I'm sorry, but Nash Nash Carter deserved this because yeah, you just did. that's just that's just unacceptable. That's just unacceptable, especially in the time that we live in. Yeah. That's unacceptable. Do you you know what that man stood for? You know what he did to people that mm-hmm. were not of his ilk and his race or whatever have you. You yeah. know what he did what he did. Right, and yet you have this picture. Sorry, you, you got what you deserve. Let's play yeah. stupid games, win stupid prizes. In this case, you played a stupid game of having that picture there, and your wife decided to put that out there. Guess what? You won a stupid prize. Okay. You lost your dream job. Yeah, and now your tag team partner is in limbo. Your tag team part, and that's another yeah. thing. Your tag team partner is in limbo now. What are they going to do with him? What are they going to do with him? The poor guy, these two guys left behind Trey Miguel to, t- to chase this yeah. money because they have families and they needed that money. Trey decided to go back to Impact because he don't need the money and he wants the, you know, he, want, he wanted to be able to have the freedom to still do his wrestling school and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. So he decided to stay with Impact instead of going to WWE with his boys. They go there to get the big money. They win the tag titles. They have a good run, almost two years. Mm-hmm. And now look at this. This this is happening. Oh man, this is so sad too, man. So sad. I, so freaking sad. I don't want to see Wes get released. This is not his fault at all. But if he somehow got released in the coming days, he's going back home. The rascals will get back together just as the two two of them, not all three. Yeah, with this, I mean even if, like I said, even if the allegations of abuse are proven to be untrue, because again, mm-hmm. I live by the guilty until proven innocent. Others don't. I do. So I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna hold this. I'm not gonna put a nail in this cross just yet. But if they prove to be untrue, that's one thing. But that picture, I don't think anybody's that touching that man with that picture. That picture is pretty much. I think that's the nail in his his coffin of his career. Honestly. Yeah. And it sucks because he's he's an uber talented individual, but there's no way that anybody's gonna justify wanting to sign that man when he literally has that picture out there in the world. Nope. Right. No one. All right. So that's it. That's it for for the news for this week. Uh, again, uh, not a, a lot of good news, just a lot of sad things and things like that. So, 
Yeah, uh, sign to talk quickly. New Japan. Uh, I'm going to go into solo view real quick, Sith. Um, so, Strong Style Evolve is continuing on from Tampa, Florida, and we had ourselves a nice little tag team match to open. It was J.R. Kratos and Black Tiger defeating, modif- uh, defeating Rocky Romero and Real Yuta with the modified Black Hole Slam to get the victory for Team Filthy. Uh, Thin Juice defeated Shane Hast and Jonah by disqualification. Uh, Jonah and them got themselves disqualified to uh, lose the matchup. And in the main event, for the eighth time, the current strong openweight champion, Filthy Tom Lawler, once again successfully defends his championship and remains the lone and only strong openweight champion in that title's history, defeating Clark Connors in 13 minutes and 58 seconds uh, with a Kamagoye, of all things, to get the victory. So congratulations to Tom Lawler. He remains the strong openweight champion. He remains the first and only strong openweight champion. And now we move back to Japan, where this morning, as I mentioned, we had Hyper Battle 22, which was their mega event to end their Road to Hyper Battle tour as they're getting ready for Best of the Super Juniors, as well as uh, some big shows here in the United States. Uh, and I can confirm, I can confirm, ladies and gentlemen, I did acquire my ticket for Capital Collision, New Japan Strong Capital Collision coming to D.C. in, in May. So just, so just you're getting a month's notice. There will be no podcast on May the 4th. Because I will be at the Entertainment and Sports uh, Complex in D.C. taking in my very first New Japan show. I'm super excited. Sage will also be there. We'll literally be in the same section, two rows uh, away from each other. Deadass. I don't know how we managed to pull that off, but we will be two rows away from each other in the same section. It's going to be lit. But in Japan for Hyper Battle... We opened up with uh, the team of G.O.D. Jado and Hiroshi Tanahashi finally getting a victory over the uh, Bullet Club. Gato, Yujiro Takahashi, Chase Owens, and Bad Luck Fale. It was a... It was four submissions locked on at the same time with Jado getting a victory with the crossface of Jado on Gato to finally score a victory over Bullet Club after months of Bullet Club victories due after their... Uh, after them exiling G.O.D. from the, the, the group. Uh, our second match saw the United Empire fall to uh, Shingo Takagi and Tetsuya Naito with Era Hanari eating a mate in Japan. Takagi and Naito get the victory, but their nights would not be done because their names would be invoked later on, which I will get to. Uh, oh, I will mention that in a bit, Sage, and I will get Sis take on that as well. Um, the 69th Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions were able to retain in their first defense of the championships. Team 69 defeating El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori after Ryusuke Taguchi pulled down his pants and hit a Samson clutch with his butt in El Fantasmo's face. He kept him down for the three counts. So there you go. Uh, next, we will have our first title change of the night as we saw and it would be the first of two title changes on the night as sage's boy his lord and savior tai chi got his match voted in the no rope ring out match for the kopw 2022 championship and threw yano out of the ring to become the new kopw 2022 provisional champion he is your winner the match only went four minutes and 18 seconds it felt longer than that but it was it was kind of entertaining i'm not gonna lie it was kind of entertaining uh, so Tai Chi is now the king, the king of pro wrestling for the time being. 
We'll see where it goes from there. He would get on the mic, and he would call out Shingo Takagi to be the first to challenge him for that championship. Uh, and I have not watched the backstage comments yet, but I saw a, a thumbnail of one of his backstage comments, and Shingo was there, so I'm assuming Shingo take, took the challenge. So there we go. And so I can't wait for that. Yep, let's go, Sage. Take no- I'll try to take notes. I'm going to be so excited just being there. It's going to be hard to take notes, honestly. Um, next, we would have the Never Openweight Championship match. It would be Evil, the 35th champion, going up against Hiromu Takahashi. It was all kind of shenanigans, all kind of crap going on. But in the end, they were, Hiromu was able to battle it out and almost was able to beat Evil. But in the end, Evil was able to retain the Never Openweight Championship with a victory over Hiromu. Then after the match... Tamatanga came out and he said, Hey, me and you, Evil, we got to run it back after what he did to him in the G1. So it looks like that Tamatanga could be next in line to challenge for that never openweight championship. Uh, in the semi, in the sixth match, it was Bishimon, Hiro, uh, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto going up against the Great Okan and Jeff Cobb for the, world, the heavyweight tag team championships. And this was where our second title change would take place because in their second defense, the 92nd champions have been dethroned after a tour of the islands from, Yo- uh, from Jeff Cobb on Yoshihashi after the Imperial drop on Hiroki Goto neutralized him. Yoshihashi took a tour of the islands, and we have new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions, none other than the Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. And they are going to be bringing those championships across the pond to uh to the U.S. because they're going to be in a big, uh, big uh, 12-man tag match with the United Empire against Bullet Club. So that's going to be pretty fun. In our semifinal, El Desperado and Show absolutely battered each other. Mm-hmm. Um, bat- so El Desperado and Show absolutely battered each other. Pillar to post for almost for. A little over 20 minutes before El Desperado was able to battle through the pain in his arm and everything to hit a pinche loco to pin show to gain the victory and retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. But then after the match, this is where it got interesting because after the match, Taiji Ishimori decided to make to walk out and. Yeah, he wanted he wanted a shot. He said he wanted a shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, and yeah, he was he was gonna get a shot. He wants his shot, and then the lights went out, and next thing you know, Francesco Akira made his appearance, decided making it known that he will see them in the best of super juniors and revealed himself as the newest member of the united empire so now the united empire has their junior heavyweight and it's francisco akira so now they're they're looking to make have a make have a big big stake when it comes to the best of super juniors and trying to get the belts and things like that so a big thing a big shift there that now we have a a united empire representative that will be a part of the best of super juniors tournament coming up in may it's going to be May. Uh, and then in the main event for the IWGP uh, heavyweight World Heavyweight Championship, Kazuchika Okada would defeat Zack Sabre Jr. This was an incredible contest that went almost 30 minutes. But Okada's rainmaker just seems to be on another level. And he was able to defeat Zack Sabre Jr., the New Japan Cup tournament winner. 
and retain. And then he would get on the mic and he would challenge Naito to challenge for his championship next because they are one and one on the year. And they, he wants to get a rubber match to try to get that win back. So looks like we're getting Okada versus Naito yet again. I don't think anybody's going to mind that too much. It is what it is. But when we get that, most likely it'll be at the uh, it'll be at Wrestling Dontaku, most likely. But that's where we are. That's what happened this morning in Japan, and that's what happened last week in the U.S. for New Japan, for the New Japan people. And um, one last thing, and I want to bring Seth in before we move on from New Japan, is that New Japan did announce a big, big, did have a big announcement this past week, which was really huge, and that is that pretty like starting soon, I believe. They are going to be showing AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage on New Japan on the New Japan World uh, streaming service for the good folks in Japan. Sit. What are your thoughts on this? Love it, love it, love it. We know that there's been a partnership between New Japan and AEW for quite a bit of time now. This confirms even a more deeper relationship because now our friends in Japan can watch on New Japan World, you know, Rampage and Dynamite. I mean, you can go on YouTube and get Dark and Dark Elevation and the entrances for Rampage for the opening match easily enough. But now our friends in Japan get to do get the two main shows now as well coming soon. This is big. This is like the second biggest news story but the top one wrestling related for me this week the other one was just something regarding Warner Media which I still think in time after the merger with Discovery happens you might have AEW eventually transition over to HBO Max with an archive there yeah so that's a big thing right there having uh, now being able to have your that be shown in Japan, because then that introduces that audience to what AEW is doing, and that could bring more eyes to that product. So this AEW is growing at a rapid rate, and it's uh, you'll love to see it. Honestly, you love you absolutely. Love, excuse me, love mm-hmm. to see it. Love to see it. All right, now we're done with all that. Let's talk about NXT stand and deliver. Uh, this year's event was absolutely a, a solid, solid. Uh, it was solid for, for, for from start to finish and everything yep. like that. But it was a great way to start off WrestleMania weekend. It was on early in the day, so myself and Sith were up. You know, we were able, though. <laughs> yeah, Sith's yeah. laughing at me because I was hung over. No. I was struggling. Because when we get to WrestleMania night one, people could tell that Champ and I are both chalk in that last hour because we've oh been my god in yep. the afternoon plus yep. all night we're both like oh Jesus come on yeah we <laughs> yeah we you couldn't ask us you couldn't ask us for nothing at that point but anyway yep. so but yeah no I was I was struggling to start that stream on uh on, for standing deliver because I was hungover I had ordered a pizza and I made sure I got Papa John's it was greasy enough that it was going to help me out it helped me out yep. quite a bit I'm not gonna lie to it you. Did. but I'm gonna say this was a really solid show and this was the first show for NXT of any kind outside of the performance center since before the start of the COVID-19 pandemic yep takeover Portland that took place over in um 
Portland, Oregon back in February before the pandemic took mm-hmm. really took hold of the of the yeah. world and forced them to go behind closed doors. But now they're here in Dallas and this was a solid card. So let's get to it. Let's talk about that pre-show match. It went about seven minutes. And I apologize if I'm missing your, your comments in chat. Like we like it's because we have so much to talk about. We're trying to yeah. uh we're trying to just blow right through it and not yeah. you know hold things up and things like that. And I'm about to do this real quick because we're not doing that. Shit on Hector. <laughs> <laughs> Shit on. Anyway. Um, so we're going to start off with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Wait, wait, wait. Not just any Dakota Kai. Wow. It was Dakota Kai. Do, 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 do. Dakota Kai. Do, 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 do. Dakota Kai. Do, 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 Yeah. They were challenging for the NXT tag, Women's Tag Team Championships going up against Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Really good back and forth. Not a very long match. Match went about seven minutes and 53 seconds. Yeah. And we have new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions in Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, which I called. But if I'd have known what they were going to do three days later, I wouldn't. I would have been mad to have been right on that one. But I was right. So there you go. Sith, how did you feel about this pre-show match? One of the things I loved about this kickoff match that flew under the radar is that the suspense they had with the near falls that were in the match as well as the chemistry and storytelling. Congrats to the new champs who were the inaugural champs for a few minutes. People tend to forget that. Again, 7.53, your match time, and we go on to the main card. We do go to the main card. And yes, Julie, that was Junior that just came in the frame a little while ago. He's just hanging out. Uh, and what's up, Deadly? I know you're in Sunshine's chat as well, so I appreciate you being here as well. Um, next, we go to the main card, and it opened in a with a with a bang. It was the five way ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. It was Grayson Waller, Solo Sikoa, uh, Santos Escobar, uh, Cameron Grimes, and the then champion Carmelo Hayes. I say that because if you have not seen it by now, we do have a new North American champion, and he is Cameron Grimes to the moon. And that's another one that I called. I figured that yep. that's that's the story that they were telling right there. There was no way that you don't put the title on him at that point. If you did not, you lose a lot of your viewership because they would not have been on board. You mm-hmm. had to put the title on him at that point. You so did. they put the title on him, but this is a hell of a match. So many wild spots with ladders, including freaking Grayson Waller jumping off with an elbow drop. It looked like somebody yeah. shot him in his elbow the way he reacted. It was crazy. But, um, uh, Sith, how did you feel about this one? As I'll be right back. All right. Uh, this was a fun match here to kick off the main card portion of the show. And no, I'm not saying it because of the ladder match. You all know I'm a mark for ladder matches. It was completely off the chain. The use of ladders really had some crazy spots. Hopefully, Grayson Waller's doing okay after that botch ladder-wise, where his elbow, I believe, hit um, the ladder when he was trying to do a dive to the outside part of the ring. Um, and this was the longest match of the afternoon. 21 minutes and one second. And we have a new North American champion, rightfully so, in Cameron Grimes. Because when you think about it, they gave him the million dollar championship, which is just a championship in name only, if you will. 
This is his first major title, and justly so. Yeah, I. this is a, one of those feel-good stories that there's no way that you don't give it a happy ending. There's too many of these feel-good stories in wrestling mm-hmm. that get those real, those weird or those sad endings, and then you're just like, we got so invested, and that's what you give us. Fuck this place, you know? But yeah. they gave us a happy ending, so good on them for doing that, and congrats to Cameron Grimes. And also, as back to Hector's point in the pre-show match, that title change, that title change with Toxic Attraction losing titles to Gonzalez and and Kai was the most pointless one, but at least they, I, I said it. I said, they're going to give him a longer title reign. They gave him a long title reign. All right. Three yeah. days, <laughs> a little more than 72 hours, as opposed to the hour that they had the first time they had, yes. them. they got an additional 71 hours with those belts and they lost them again. But there was a reason for that. So there you go. There was, but, we're, um, we're all right. Yep. Next, we will have our singles match where Tony D'Angelo will go up against Tommaso Ciampa. Tony D'Angelo had down with him AJ Galante. I had no idea who this dude was, and I don't, I'm not bothering to look him up because I don't want to know who he is. But for some strange reason, he he was there. But this was a pretty solid matchup. Tony D was able to get the victory over Tommaso Ciampa yeah. and now dub himself as the new Don of NXT. Your thoughts on this matchup, Seth? Uh, this wasn't a bad match at all, and honestly, it capped off an impressive run for Champa, who I believe is definitely headed to the main roster now. Even after the match, he had that one with Triple H, that was basically bookending everything. Note to Tony D, he gave you the rub in 13 minutes, 11 seconds. It's up to you to carry that rub as responsibly as possible. Champ. Yep, absolutely. This is that... Uh... Sorry, that was no. This was a really solid matchup in a good way. If this is Champa's last um, hurrah in NXT, a uh, mm-hmm. good way to go out. And then not only that, but he also was able to get a final send off from Triple H. Uh, Triple H making an appearance first, his first actual public <coughs> appearance. Bless you, his oh, first public you. appearance out into the ring in a long time, and it was to to send off Champa and to give him a final curtain call. Unfortunately, us peasants who don't have premium plus missed it live because we were at commercials, but thankfully they replayed it for us. So we were able to see it. And then I was able to go on YouTube and watch the whole thing. It was a really, really awesome moment for Champa. You could tell he was very, very emotional about it, but very good moment for Champa. He spent a lot of time. Most of his time in WWE has been in NXT. He's accomplished a lot being a two time NXT champion, former two time uh, former uh, NXT tag champion. He's done a lot in NXT, but I think his time is is up and he's going to head to the main roster most likely. And I hate that yeah me too uh next we will have our tag team championship match it would be um msk and the creed brothers going up against imperium and this was a really this is a fun tag team match um it went 11 minutes and 22 seconds but this is a fun tag team matchup um and it's it's just really amazing to me like how things have changed so much in a week since that tag team match happened and things like that with what, what happened with the creeds and who we, they, they were revealed as the people who have been harassing them and desecrating their locker room to what would happen with MSK and Nash getting released and what has happened to Imperium. Oh, oh my yeah. God. So you would never think in a moment of that tag match that so much would have changed in a week. But what did you think about this triple threat? It was an insane triple threat match to say the least. I only have one problem. The Diamond Mine is again without gold. 
and just looking like a faction that's just out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to, I don't mean to rant here, but Malcolm Bivens and Robert Stone have the worst luck running stables because they rarely get gold. And when they do, it's gone pretty quickly. But really good match. Congrats on MSK for, at the time, becoming two-time NXT champions. 11.22 is your match time for this when we go on. Yep, we will go on and we will talk about the Fatal 4-Way for the NXT Women's Championship. It was Cora J, Kaylee Ray, Eel Shirai, and Mandy Rose uh, all vying for that championship. Rose being the champion. And... This was another one of those matches which I was concerned about because of the fact that you do have a very still inexperienced Core Jade in here who's, you know, very young and on a big stage like this. It's probably the biggest crowd she's been in front of in her entire career. And she she actually fared a lot better than I expected. Uh, the yep. match was the match was okay was solid, but we the result that I knew was going to happen happened, which was Mandy Rose finding a way to retain the yeah. NXT Women's Championship because why wouldn't she be the NXT Women's Champion at this point? Uh, she's just been so good as that cha- as, as champion in the top of the women's division. Her coming back to NXT from the main roster has been a shot in the arm for that women's division, and her being the champion has been great for that division, to be, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Sith, what did you think about this Fatal 4-Way? The match was off the chain chemistry-wise, and I enjoyed the swerve ending. Mandy Rose won clean. Right. Okay, and note to Cora Jade, you're young and talented, but you will be a champion soon enough as you're developing early through repetitions and training. She's turning herself into a solid wrestler bit by bit. I like it. 1328 to match time. Yep. And then we will go to what would be our semi-main event, which would be a singles match with nothing on the line except pride because Gunter was going with Walter. I don't know why I called him by that dumbass name. Uh, Walter going up. I'm rushing because I know it's going to be a long podcast, but I don't want it to be over like three hours. Uh, Walter went up against LA Knight. Uh, this was a physical matchup. I didn't think that I, – I thought Walter would have thrown a lot more chops than he did, but the ones he did throw were very, very impressive. And so it was a really good one, and uh, uh, Walter got the victory over L.A. Knight. And who would have known that he gets that victory and we would see what we would get on SmackDown. <laughs> anyway, what did you think about this one? This went 10 minutes and 24 seconds. Yeah, this was a crazy match, one that took several twists and turns. Pretty apparent when I predicted Walter's the winner that it would happen. Um, rumoredly, LA Knight could get a call up. I had no idea Walter was getting called up. Holy fuck. But this was a solid way to bring Walter into the stage. Although the name change sucks for him. And we yeah. go into the main event. Yeah, we move on to our main event, which was for the NXT Championship. It would be Dolph Ziggler defending against Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker had the nice little interest chainsaw cutting the X and everything. I guess that's his thing now. You know, whatever. Yeah. And they had a pretty good, they had a really good match. They had a really good match. Uh, Robert Rue getting involved. Uh, Surprised the referee didn't call for a DQ, but in that big spot, you don't call for a DQ. You leave, let it go. Uh, but in yeah. the end, he would. Um, 
Ziggler would would send Braun Breaker into the exposed turnbuckle, hit a super kick, and surprisingly retain the championship. Which is crazy to me, given what they did two days later, which we'll get into in a week in review, but it is what it is. But yeah, Ziggles retains. So, Sip, your thoughts on our main event. Talk about a man that swerves you. This one did exactly that. This was somewhat of a handicap, though, because match, though, because Breaker had to deal with Robert Root quite a bit during the match. Outcome aside, which was a good hook, given that we thought the Brahm would go over at the pay-per-view and not somewhere else. Um, solid main event, 16-13, the match time, and we go to our final grades for this one. Right. Uh, so my final grade here, this was a very solid solid uh this is a solid main uh solid card uh from top to bottom things were solid wasn't a bad match on the card but at the same time i think just looking in my memory the only match i really remember vividly was the ladder match in terms of like the spots and stuff like that everything else is just a blur but that doesn't mean it was it was bad so my my final grade is a B plus. Again, it was solid, but nothing over the top like they like they usually do, which shows you that takeover was legendary, but not having takeover is just not, you know, it's just not it's to the detriment of this brand. Because takeovers were always legendary. They would go out there and they would do some of the really some really good professional wrestling, mm-hmm. storytelling and things like that. Only like a couple of these matches had legit storytelling. Like the pre-show match literally was a, a story of two women who were literally at each other's throats. One of them yeah. cost them the NXT Women's Championship, and now they're back friends again and winning the titles. And now we're not even paying that off because, as we saw on SmackDown, Raquel's now on SmackDown. What are we doing? And then... The only one that really had a real story to it, of course, we had uh, Walter and L.A. Knight. That was pretty personal. Uh, NX, uh, the NXT North American Championship, you know, the story of Cameron Grimes and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't a lot of stories in it, and I just didn't like the fact that Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai used winning the Dusty Cup to get into a, the mm-hmm. women's title match and make it a four-way. But either way, it was a B-plus for me. It was solid, but... You know, not of the standards that they're used to when it comes to those events, honestly. That was my opinion. But what did you think, sir? All right, so we come to our final grades, and we're going to have to get used to an NXT event that won't be the world-conquering one that we had under the TakeOver branding. Because usually TakeOver's outshined the main card for those specific weekends. Um, Far from a bad pay-per-view, but one is where you could say, well, it was enjoyable, but with the exception of the latter match and also Dolph versus Braun, is there any, really, any other matches you're going to go back and rewatch? Probably not. Going with the B-plus as well, there were several minor issues here, here and there, but I still feel good about what we can get down the road with NXT. We just kind of measure our expectations. The time of a-plus takeovers, dominating a weekend of the main ro- over the main roster, that's done. Right. And, and then Hector thinks that KLR should have been replaced in that fatal forward by Ivy Nile and have her win the title to bring legitimacy to Diamond Mine. I have not seen enough of Ivy Nile to feel like she's ready to be top women's champion on NXT. No. I need to see more before I say, hey, let's make her the champion, shall we? Yeah. I have not seen enough. 
honestly. And, you know, I nothing against Ivy now. From what I have seen, she's really talented. She is. Really talented. But do I feel like she is ready for that sort of spotlight? I don't think so because she's still relatively no. new, right? Yeah. So, I mean, let's wait In for that. The WCW wished she could write a swerve that good. Yeah, you got a point. All right, so that was NXT Stand and Deliver. So now we move on and we talk about the main event of the weekend, which was WrestleMania, the two-night extravaganza from AT&T Stadium in uh, Arlington, Texas. And um, first and foremost, I just want to go on the record and say there ain't no shot that you have a pre-show, a two-hour pre-show, and don't put one match on there. Two-hour pre-show, not one match. Like, that's got to stop. You, you can't do that anymore, WWE. There ain't no way you're going to expect people to sit for two hours and listen to people talk about matches. No. You got to give us a match of some sort. There was no women's battle royal like they've had before. Women, WrestleMania women's battle royal like they had before. There was none. Not one. You put the Andre the Giant Memorial battle royal on WrestleMania uh, SmackDown, right? Yeah. Like... Those are normally your kickoff show matches, is those battle royals. It gets, it gets those individuals who are not already booked in high-profile matches on the main card a chance to still get on WrestleMania, get that WrestleMania payday. But, again, but I keep forgetting that WWE keeps cutting people because of budget cuts. So, apparently, they can't afford to pay a lot of people that WrestleMania pay, even though they're making record profits. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Didn't didn't mean to yell. I apologize. But anyway, let's talk about first night of WrestleMania night, WrestleMania Saturday, WrestleMania night one, whatever you want to call it. And here's what happened. First off, we would open the show with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It was Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs going up against the Usos. This was a pretty fair matchup to say the very least. It was very unfortunate though that it clearly had to be cut. In time, mm-hmm. it had to, the finish had to be brought fast because of Boo's unfortunate injury, which we reported on at the start of the podcast. He suffered a torn quad and patella tendon, and had surgery this week to repair that. It looks to be out for about six to twelve months. So Nakamura had to carry the, the torch on his had to carry the rest of the match on his own against the Usos. He fell to the one D one two three. The Usos retain the tag team championships. And Sith, what did you think about this opening contest? What a way to open up night one of WrestleMania. You get a match with a lot of fun chemistry and solid action. Sadly, as we've said, Rick Boogs is out as he's injured on a spot while he was trying to showcase his power that ended up with a horrific injury that had to rush the ending of the match. 6.55 was your match time here, and we go on down with to the next match. Well, say, say they do it with the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl is different. People are used to... Pre-games yeah. or kickoffs where people talk. This is wrestling. People yeah. want to see wrestling. <laughs> At least I want to see wrestling. I would want. I would have been this fine guy. with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal being in the pre-show of night one, or no, the women's battle royal being on the first night on night one pre-show kickoff show, and then Andre mm. the Giant being on the second night. I would have been fine with that. That would have been cool because it didn't need to be on SmackDown. 
whatever. But that's just that's another discussion for another time. All right, yeah. now we will talk about Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin with Mad Cat Moss in the singles matchup. This has been a issue going on for months now, and thankfully it's over because Drew Drew McIntyre won. Uh, he hit him with the Claymore kick to get the victory. One note in this matchup was that Drew McIntyre, for the first time in in the history of in the career of Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre was the first to kick out of the end of days. No one had kicked yep. out of the end of the, day, of the end of days until Drew McIntyre did it at WrestleMania 38. He would go on to win. Happy Corbin would go on to lose. And now he's sad days again. <laughs> so, Sith, what did you think about this eight-minute, 35-second match between Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin? Yeah. Oh, please. Can this finally fucking end now? I mean, we've been saddled with this program for what seemed to be an eternity. And this finished up the story, I hope. Match was decent. Post-match with the sword spot. That was bullshit and brought down my spirits to a smidge. 8.35 the match time and only go to the next match. Yeah, I didn't see the point of him cutting the ropes with the sword and stuff like that. And then you could tell that it wasn't the sword itself because you heard a boom. So you could tell yeah. that, you know, what that was. I'm like, okay, whatever. This is this is pointless. But you, as you said, we're moving on. Yep. We move on to Miz and Logan Paul. Going up against the Mysterios in tag action. This went 11 minutes and 15 seconds. And Logan Paul was very, very impressive in this in this mm-hmm. outing. Once again, setting a good standard of celebs coming into the world of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment and actually taking it seriously and doing and performing yeah. well. Logan Paul performed well. First and foremost, he wore he was wearing a rare Pokemon card that cost five oh eight million dollars on his fucking neck. Like that's how you know how disgustingly rich this guy is. That he could walk out to the ring with a rare Pokemon card on his neck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but perform well and surprisingly, Li- Li- Miz and Logan Paul actually got the victory over the Mysterios. I thought the Mysterios were going to win this one. But no, it was the other way around. The Miz and Logan Paul actually won this one. And then after the match, Miz turns on Logan Paul. And now everybody's confused. Is Miz a face, a baby face, or a heel? Because he should be a baby face because no one likes Logan Paul. So, but everybody's confused. I guess we'll find out what reaction he gets and how he gets, how, what happens on Monday on Raw when he faces Cody Rhodes. He's scheduled to face Cody Rhodes in a singles match. It'll be first, Cody Rhodes' first singles match on TV outside of pay-per-view in WWE in six years. So, interesting to see what happens. But what did you think about this tag match, Seth? Really good match here. Sure, Logan Paul isn't as good as bad when he's up here. But Logan Paul's about right here. He's pretty damn good in the ring. Okay? Really fun match here. And honestly, I'm not mad about Miz turning on Logan Paul because if memory serves, last year he ate a stunner after the match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. 11.15 is match time, and we are moving on down the card. Yes, we are. We are moving down the card. Uh-oh, I think I might have screwed up here. I think I might have fucked up here, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, I did. Oh, shit. Okay. What? No, I I thought I I was trying to pull up, like, the raw, raw results before when we get ready to do the week in review, but oh. realized that I had the – um I still had the WrestleMania stuff up from 
when we were talking about WrestleMania, and now oh. I lost it. I'm such an, I'm so dumb. This is how you know it's been a long week for me, yeah. and today has been like a weird day. So, yeah, forgive me. I'm getting it back up now. But the next matchup, Miz is great. Jesus Christ, Sage, Sage is such Sage is such a stand for both Tai Chi and the Miz. It's absolutely it's absolutely crazy. All right, next we will have our Raw Women's Championship matchup: Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the title. This was a physical matchup, mm-hmm. including that Molly go round that instead of turning into a senton, turned into a drop kick right in the eye for Bianca Belair. It was left her with a black eye. You could see throughout the match that she couldn't mm-hmm. barely open that left eye, but she was able to persevere, hit the KOD, 19 minutes and 10 seconds, and we have a new Raw Women's Champion. It is Bianca Belair, which we called, and we have a new champion. Sip, your thoughts on our women's raw women's championship match, which we I think a lot of people a lot of people say it should have been the main event over the SmackDown women's championship match. Yeah, should have been. Um, this was really good storytelling. Telling us this gave us an ending to a story that's spanned since last August at SummerSlam. Really good work by both women here, and by far the best women's match of the entire weekend of WrestleMania easily the right call was made to have bianca go over and hopefully this tottering isn't going to be at an end the way it did in a squash last summer 1910 the match time second longest run time match wise of the night and we go on to the match that had the longest run time of the night Absolutely. It would be Seth freaking Rollins, who was told by Mr. McMahon he would have a match at WrestleMania against an opponent of Mr. McMahon's choosing. Seth Rollins made the walk down the rat way. He had on that big blue uh, robe on with the with the fishnets. Somebody thought he was shopping in Becky's closet or something like that. It was a very elaborate entrance for, for the architect. And then he sat in the ring and it literally it felt like Five minutes, even though I think it was like a minute and a half, two minutes, before we finally would find out who his mystery opponent would be. It was none other than Cody Rhodes, which was the worst kept secret in all of wrestling. It was Cody yeah. Rhodes. But it wasn't the Cody, it wasn't dashing Cody Rhodes. It wasn't no. the undashing Cody Rhodes. It wasn't the porn stash Cody Rhodes. And it damn sure wasn't Stardust. It was American Nightmare Cody, the one who has been tearing it up on the indies and in AEW, ROH, and New Japan. With the whole gimmick and everything, the music. If you watch the live reactions, we knew it was going to be Cody, but we didn't know. We had no idea it was going to be American Nightmare Cody, and I marked out. I marked out. I marked out. He would get in the ring, and they would put on, as Sid said, the longest match of night one at 21 minutes and 40 seconds, and it was Mm -hmm. a banger. It was a banger with uh, callbacks callbacks to Cody doing a tribute to his father with the punches and the bionic elbow. Uh, triple, uh, a Triple H callback with Seth using the, the pedigree. Um, mm-hmm. Even a, a point in the match where Seth Rollins yelled at Cody Rhodes, welcome back to the big time, bitch. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, man. But um, but in the end, Cody Rhodes would hit three, would hit, uh, three crossroads, did the bionic elbow, and then hit a fourth crossroads to get the victory and his return to WWE. Cody Rose defeats Seth freaking Rollins. Seth, your thoughts? Um, this was another, in the worst case, 
kept secrets file on the internet here unless you bought into the last minute bs from a certain publication and i use that term loosely we knew that cody was a surprise opponent everything here clicked like magic definitely by far my favorite match of the night with the previous match lynch belair number two 2140 and as i said longest match of the night it was the longest match of the night, but it was really, really good from start to finish with the, the big pop from the crowd, the big pop from me, because even though we knew it was Cody, we we didn't expect that Cody. So we move on yeah. to what was considered the main event match of the night until we got into the main event segment. But it was Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey going at it for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Look, I said it on many a podcast leading up to this. I was not invested in this match at all. No. The bill for this was not very good, which it should have been, but it just was not very good. And then we get to the match, and the match wasn't bad. Let's let's be honest. The match wasn't that bad, but was it mind-blowingly good? Absolutely no. not. It was average at best. It wasn't bad. It was just average. And then you had that really weird finish where you go for how is it that you go for it? You're going for the figure eight, and you kick, and you get kicked out of it. And instead of just yeah. going like, "Oh, I got kicked out," you spear the freaking referee. Like, how is how is that a spot? Why is that a spot? Is my question. So then that happened. She gets put in the arm bar. She taps out immediately, but referee Charles Robinson, little Nate, by the way, yeah. um, is laid out. So then she gets her up, and she loses to a big boot. Not natural selection. Not a spear. A big boot. A big boot. And that's how she retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was a big boot, right? This match, this match was 18 minutes and 30 seconds. And in my humble opinion, that's 6 minutes and 30 seconds too freaking long for all yeah. the, sh the shenanigans that were in this matchup. Sid, your thoughts? Talk about a swerve ending, this one-handed. Overall, the match was better than I expected to be, although I get the fact we didn't get a title change here. It tells me that they want Ronda to get a little bit more sharper on the mic and in the ring before she gets cold, which I think will happen in due time. For people saying she was hurt in the loss, not so fast. That's why you had the ref bump. Okay. We go on to what was the closing segment, though, of night one. Yep, the, the segment that got the the key, the the key spot of main eventing WrestleMania, and it was the Kevin Owens show featuring Stone Cold Steve Austin, and there were some swirlings that this would be a fight, like a brawl or something like that, where stun he would, you know, stomp him up and stun him, drink a bunch of beers and send everybody home happy. No, Kevin Owens revealed that he lied to Steve Austin and goaded him into this show to have a match with him, a no holds barred match. To yeah. which point, Austin asked the crowd if he wanted, if they wanted to see him beat that sack of you know what. I have to watch my language because I do have a child present. Yes. To beat that sack of you know what, give me a hell yeah. And you know everybody hell said, yeah. oh, hell yeah. And we actually got a match from Stone Cold Steve Austin, his first in 19 bloody years. And he looked like the Stone Cold of old. He was a little slower, but that's given. That's yeah. fine, given the fact he's 57 years old. The Damn. man's 57 years old, but he looked absolutely good. The fact that his very first bump in 19 years was a suplex on concrete, that man is insane. 
there ain't no way my first bump was going to be on concrete. Ain't no way. <laughs> but his first bump was on concrete. And then his subsequent other bumps, other than the stunner, was on the rampway when he gave two suplexes to Kevin Owens on the rampway. Austin's, Austin's a madman. He's a mad, mad, mad man. man. But in the end, Stone Cold would, he got hit with his own stunner, but he kicked out. Owens would go for the chair. He hit himself in the face of the chair after ricocheted off the ropes. Turn around, boom, stunner, one, two, three. Austin, on his final match of his career, absolute, wins and drinks a lot of beer and sends everybody home happy. Everybody's having fun. Even Byron Saxon got in the ring, got a beer, and then got stunned. It was funny. Mm-hmm. And also sent everybody home for night one happy. What do you think? What you think? Yeah. Um, what a crazy way to close out night one. No one expected Steve Austin to actually wrestle a match. So the shock of him accepting, then getting one last match in the city that started his career really was a good book ending here. KO did what KO needed to do here. And he's so over that I'm not going to deal with the theories that he was hurt in this loss. 13.55, and we go to our final night one grades. All right. Um, I... It's hard. It's hard to really give a good grade because here's a, a good grade here because, I mean, your opening match was cut short because of a sudden injury, mm-hmm. right? I'm pretty sure the Usos are still going to retain regardless, but it just they had to rush to the finish because Boogs was done. There was no way he was getting back in the ring. Yeah. Uh, drew a happy Corbin. That feud dragged out way too long, and and it finally ended somewhat anticlimactically. And then we had that silly crap at the end, like after post match. I mean, Logan Paul, I had very low expectations of this kid, and he went out there and absolutely just smashed it. And then having, and then now he smashed it, but he won and then got turned on by Miz. That was pretty good. Bianca, Bianca and uh, Becky plus Cody and Seth absolutely killed it right there in that middle spot Mm -hmm. and things like that. Then Charlotte and Ronda had a match, and it was just, eh. But then Austin and KO. This gets a B from me. Uh, mm-hmm. This gets a B. This was an okay night. Not, it's a little better than average, but it just. I wish that I wish that the Charlotte Ronda feud had better build, and then mm-hmm. and then would have had me more invested in the match. But and then the match had that screwy ass finish with just ref bump, big boot, and that's how we and she retains. Like that's that's dumb. So I'm giving it a B. I think that Seth and Cody, along with the Raw Women's Championship match and that KO show turned into a no holds bar fight, saved us from being a C pay-per-view. Uh, C, yeah. Night one, I should say. It saved it. Otherwise, those three don't happen. This is a C or below in my book. So it's a B. Yeah, it's a B here as well. I need to address the elephant in the rain. We could have had New Day versus Sheamus and Rich Holland if you fucking cut out some of the video packages and trimmed some of the matches back. Instead, they got relegated to night two. And that brought my mood down a bit here. However, giving it some space, a decent way to wrap up night one with Stone Cold versus KO and everything. I'm at a B here for night one, but just like last year and the year before last night one is the downside of wrestlemania 
Yes, that's, that's correct. Because now we shift our attention to night two. And night two opened up with a huge three-way tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It would be RK Bro defending against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. And I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. This was a really, really fun tag team matchup. Mm-hmm. They had some really great they had some really good spots in this matchup, including uh towards the end, Angelo Dawkins, not Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford at the top and Riddle doing a springboard RKO and then a, a, a shooting star press. Was it shooting star press or was it, I think it was a moonsault? Some it was a dive off the top rope by Gable that led into an RKO. Either way, it was a really chaotic end game with the with RKO, RK Bro retaining. Then you would have the Street Profits trying to, you know, make amends with RK Bro, have a little toast and things like that to celebrate. They brought in Gabe Stevenson, who was just sitting front row, just chilling, which is funny because he's on the roster. Well, I, I don't know if he's officially on the roster yet, but he, he's on the roster. Why yeah. is he sitting front row at WrestleMania and stuff? But whatever. Anyway, logic. He gets in the ring. They have a toast. Chad Gable decides he's going to slap the cup out of out of all out of Gabe Stevenson. I can see the logic of doing that. You don't know what Gabe Stevenson can is, can do in mm-hmm. the ring. You know what everybody else can do, and yep. you just wrestled them. So why not go after him? Right? Slaps the cup out of his hand, sells him the shush, and he gets belly to belly overhead suplex out of his shoes. Like, whoo, that suplex was clean, baby. Yep. So Gable Stevenson already showing that he's going to be a suplex machine clearly, but. What did you think about the opening to this our, our, uh, triple threat for the tag titles? This was one hell of a way to open up night two. I had good expectations. We had three solid teams, and it flat out fucking delivered start to finish. Archeo retains an honestly solid opening, and the match only ran 11 and a half minutes, but it seemed a bit longer than that. It felt like it, but when you look at it, you're like, Wow, it only lasted that long. That's good. Yeah, I thought it was. I I really thought it was paced very well, and like I said, it was great for RK Bro to continue the reign. It makes no sense for them to lose the titles literally like a couple weeks after winning them. So I really enjoyed it. I had fun with it, and we move on to our next matchup, which was the big hoss fight. It was yes. Bobby Lashley, the 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 Almighty against the Colossus Omas, and. It was it was there. It was just there. Yeah. <laughs> it was just there. And no, I agree, Hector. Ten out of ten on that RKO by Riddle was that that RKO by Riddle was amazing. Uh, yeah. But it was there. It was mostly like just Omos throwing around Lashley, who's a who's not a small man by the way, but he was throwing him like he was a cruiserweight and just beating him down and you know hitting him with splashes. But then you got the the attempt of the hurt lock. I thought that. Mm-hmm. I, I I picked that Bobby Lashley was gonna win this one, and he won it by spearing him in his kidneys and then spearing him for real. He <laughs> got the yeah. victory. He Omos took three bumps in this match. By the way, he took three of them: yeah. the snap suplex bump, then the front bump after he got speared in the back, and then the spear. Those yeah. are the three bumps he took. So in in his entire rest, wrestling career, Omos has taken four bumps. In his entire wrestling career, it was the one where he had he took the shoulder blade, the shoulder block, the raw before at WrestleMania Raw, and then the three at WrestleMania. Unbelievable. Yeah. But this one went six minutes thirty five seconds. Bobby Lashley won. Omos is no more, no longer undefeated. 
excuse me, Sip, your thoughts. This was a hot fight. And in silence of it wasn't expected to go longer than 635. Um, anyone who was expecting a 10-minute match here lost their fucking minds. Um, and now that we know that MVP is now aligned with Omas, his push isn't dead yet. But it did showcase the strength of both wrestlers big time, though. Strength versus strength, 635, and we're moving on to something that was a total shock for me and Champ. Right, because it was the anything goes match between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. And let me tell you something. That match had no damn business being that entertaining. <laughs> my goodness, that was such an entertaining match. Oh, my God. I I never thought I was going to have so much fun watching a match like this. But I had so much fun watching this match. You had everything. You had a table with mousetraps on it. You had a bowling ball. You had a cookie sheet. You had a taser. You had a hand, that a mechanical hand that came out and slapped Sami Zayn. You had appearances from Chris Pontius as Party Boy. And you had Wee Man who actually slammed Sami Zayn. You had Sami Zayn get pinned on a, through a mousetrap for crying out loud. A giant one. Everything about this match was absolutely stupid, but it was so entertaining stuff. Like, y'all, if y'all watched the live reactions, I couldn't stop laughing. Everything about this match was just so stupid, but it was entertaining. And anybody who had a problem with it, you're just not one to be entertained. And you, that was just not the match for you. Deadass. Exactly. Anyway. Right, Hector, and that giant didn't even deploy at first. That this match was just so stupid, but it was fun. Sith, what did you think? This match had no fucking business being the insane fun it was at all. I mean, the world of Jackass was brought to WrestleMania. Gotta give credit to Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Great selling when things were used against them. I was concerned about this match and how would it go, but I was entertained by it. And again, it would it. There's no way this gets put on any other card, but here, fourteen twenty-five is the runtime, and all in all, this was a fun match to just turn off your mind and just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you not entertained, right, Hector? Like. Dude, like every now and again, yeah, and I'm a I love pure professional wrestling. I've been a big yeah. I've been a wrestling fan for 30 plus years. I love pure professional wrestling. I love tattoo wrestling. But every now and again, a match like this just just brings out something different in me and I just get entertained. This was something different yeah. and I enjoyed it so much. I could I couldn't be happier that this match turned out the way that it did. It was so entertaining. This is a match I would legit go back and watch it again. Dead ass. Like, I have so already. Good. That match was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I would go back and watch that for real because that was so much fun to watch. It was so it just like again, yeah. I'm gonna keep saying it. It was just so stupid, but it was just entertaining stupid. When I was talking to a friend the next day about this match, and I told him this had absolutely no fucking, you know, place on any other card. But here he's like, dude, sounds like you're describing your idea of Jason Goes to Hell. I said, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, there you go. All right, we yep. will move on. We will have our fatal four-way for the hey, – wait, fun fact. Sami Zayn actually traded this to El Generico. Deadass? Really? Huh? I'm about to look that up. I'm about to look that up. Is that – uh, I'll look that up later. Anyway, 
Women's tag yeah. title match, uh, Fatal Four Away. It was uh, the Queens Elite and Carmella teaming against Live for Brutality, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, Natalia and Shayna, and Team Bad, Sasha Banks and Naomi. I called Team Bad to win this one. Guess what? Mm-hmm. They won it. This match went almost 11 minutes. Came up, it finished at 10 minutes and 50 seconds. Really a lot going on, a lot, a lot going on in this matchup. Uh, but in the end, Sasha and Naomi would win, and they would actually, I think, no, they pinned Carmella. They hit their double-team move on Carmella and pinned her, and they become the women's tag team champion. Sasha Banks, for now the third time in her career, is now a women's tag team champion. And I said it on the podcast last week. That anytime you put the women's tag titles on Sasha Banks, they're going to be so, so relevant. And this is mm-hmm. one of those situations. This is going to be, they're going to be relevant again. Look at them. They've already made appearances on Raw and SmackDown since winning those titles. Anyway, what did you think about this match? This was another match where I had worries. It turned out to be pretty decent deep down. Here's hoping that we're going to get Team Bad to elevate those titles because. WWE doesn't do women's tag team wrestling any favors at all on the main roster or in NXT apparently as well. 10.50 the match time here and we're going down to what was just wow. Brother. (laughs) Brother. Brother. This This match right here was not only the longest match of night two, it was the longest match of all of Wrestlemania as we bring to you our very first stat of the day. Our fifth match on the night would see Edge and AJ Styles go at it. With AJ Styles not realizing how close he was to the part of the entranceway and cut himself open before he even got to the ring. Right there. And Edge having the epic entrance of someone like the brew, but also like sitting on a throne. But this match went 24 minutes and five seconds, making it the longest match of WrestleMania 38 for both nights on the night. So, there you go. Your longest match of not only night two, but the longest match of all WrestleMania was AJ Styles and Edge one-on-one, and that is your first stat of the day. And then that match was, listen... (sighs) That match ruled. <laughs> that match was so good, dude. And I mean, just absolutely just hard hitting. Edge, these two guys, you could tell like this was a match everybody wanted, and they pretty much got what they wanted from this match, and then some. And then, you know, we heard all the reports that, oh, Edge is getting a stable, and Damian Priest is possibly going to be a part of it. And then, sure enough, AJ's lining up for that uh, phenomenal forearm, and all of a sudden, Priest is just standing there, and he's not even looking at him. He's like, this is it. He's just like, like trying to look at him in the corner of his eye, right? And AJ just like, oh, this guy. Anyway, goes to the phenomenal forearm and gets like speared right in the middle, in midair, and gets pinned one, two, three. I'm happy to be wrong about this one. I picked AJ, but I'm happy to be wrong on this one because then it can cool. give us a chance for 
this to continue, well, this to continue especially now that their stable starting to come together. But what did you think about this match? Because this match was a banger. This was the best overall match of the weekend. And it's one that I've already rewatched twice because it was just so much fun. I mean, this was a match that was 20 years in the making. When AJ Styles was in TNA Impact, Edge was in WWE. You were hoping eventually these two would finally cross paths and meet in the ring. And they just, it was all you could ever imagine and more. They just came out, put out their statements, 24 minutes, five seconds. It was a magnum opus. And Damian Priest and Edge working together, let's fucking go. Right, like I'm, I'm interested to see how the stable plays out now. Is it starting to play out in front of us? So, my goodness, like let's, let's, let's get it, man. I cannot wait. I cannot yeah. wait. This just should, this should be a lot of fun. All right, so we went from that banger of a match to a match that was originally scheduled for night one, but got cut due to time. And guess what? It is our second stat of the day, and you'll find out why in just a second. Seamus and Rich Holland defeated the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, by pinfall. It literally took them one minute and 40 seconds to defeat the multiple-time World Tag Team Champions, giving them the distinction of having the shortest match of all both nights of WrestleMania at one minute and 40 seconds after it got cut from night one. And that is your second stat of the day. Jedi, how you doing? Welcome on in. I hope you're doing well. Sith, I can see your arms are folded and you have that old man ready to scream at the clouds look on your face. What do you have to say about this? All right, pull over the fucking pot a minute here. You mean to fucking tell me, WWE, that you couldn't fit this mansion on Saturday night with the 100 second runtime? I'm not sure what's worse. Did I use his versus Viking Raiders at Elimination Chamber and having a run-in segment or this bullshit? By far, worst thing of the weekend. By far. <laughs> yeah, no, Hector. It one literally clocked in, as Sif said, at 100 seconds, one minute and 40 seconds. Basically, they knew they got to the ring, the bell rang, they got boat raced. There was a bunch of bro kicks, and it was a one, two, three, and then Butch beat them up, and they were, and Butch was acting like Scrappy Doo. Oh. If I were them, I would I would be hating life right now. That's ridiculous that your WrestleMania moment, your WrestleMania match got cut from night one and then put on night two, and you wanted to give them two minutes. Like, what is that? Anyway, next we will have ourselves Pat McAfee's in-ring debut at WrestleMania going up against Austin Theory, who had Mr. McMahon at ringside with him. This was actually a really good matchup. I mean, Pat, no. people seem to sleep on Pat McAfee. Like, the dude can wrestle. Man has his own ring at his home. He has some great showings against Adam Cole and against um, in, the, in the War Games match uh, with his boys. 
and against Adam Cole in an undisputed era. And he had a really good show on her, and I called it that he would win this. I said, he's got to get a win here. He's got to get a win. You know, he's got to get a win. He got his win. It was great. But then WWE had to go in WWE because <laughs> suddenly now Pat McAfee wants to challenge seven, like 78-year-old, I think he's 78. 76. 76-year-old Vincent Kennedy McMahon to a match. And Vince was not going to do it, but then took off the coat, took off the sports jacket, took off the shirt and tie, had on a tank underneath and everything like that, got in the ring. They rang the bell, and I'm like, no shot. We're having a match. And then Austin Theory jumps him from behind, and McMahon just basically wallops him for three minutes and 45 seconds before kicking a ball into his ribs and pinning him for the three count. Why did we do this? Why? Why did we do this? But then Stone Cold Steve Austin saved this entire segment by coming out and stunning everybody. Oh. He stunned Austin Theory, who sold the hell out of it, by the way. That was a great sell. It was. Then McMahon stumbled all over the place after getting a kick to the gut. He stumbles all over the place before he finally gets in position and gets stunned and doesn't even sell it correctly. He goes and hits one knee and then falls backwards. Oh, God, McMahon. You have never been able to sell a stunner properly. You still can't at your old age. Jesus Christ. And then finally, Pat McAfee having a chance to drink a beer with Stone Cold. Then he gets stunned. The way he sold it was amazing. Because he just goes, looking like a geyser. And then he's outside still chugging freaking American lager. Uh, broken skull, <laughs> broken skull, American lager, because he's just absolutely battered, and Austin just drinks all that beer and has a blast. So he saved the segment. But Seth, what did you think about this two matches in one segment? The first match, good action, good amount of time. Nine forty is match time for that. Good on Pat for beating Austin, and on the rewatch after the match, thing. God, Stone Cold cleared everything up because after the ending of McAfee Theory, that segment went downhill quick. Um, note to Vince, you're 76 fucking years old. Stop coming to the goddamn ring. Jesus Christ. Jedi, there's a lot of reasons why people I, I, I wouldn't be watching WWE anymore if I was not doing this podcast I probably would not be watching WWE anymore because their booking and stuff is very very frustrating to watch but yes. because we cover it on a podcast I have to sit through and watch it every week and come and talk to y'all about it and vent my yeah, frustrations to go on vacation. yeah we are about to go on vacation I may not even watch any of WWE this week to be honest let's just see how I'm I feel not. about it I, I'm not, not even NXT. UK. No, I pro- I probably still will watch well, it. I'll watch UK, but that's probably the extent of it. Where it comes to WWE, I'll probably still, to- I'll probably still watch it because it's set on my DVR, and I just don't want it to just sit there. So yeah. I'll probably still watch it, but I probably won't pay close attention to it like I normally exactly. do, and stuff like that. But we'll see. Whatever. Yeah, All right. We'll and then we would go to our main event of the evening. <clears throat> oh, man. They finally had Scott Hall's funeral yesterday. Holy crap. Oh, wow. Man. Oh, the bad guys. The bad guys gone forever, guys. Sucks. 
Oh, yeah. man. Anyway, um, all right. So, main event, winner-take-all title unification match between WWE Champion Brock Lesnar and Universal Champion Roman Reigns. And ladies and gentlemen, you need to acknowledge him, the tribal chief, the head of the table, and now your new WWE undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion of the World. I know that's a lot to say. <laughs> Roman Reigns was able to defeat Brock Lesnar, but my goodness, there were so many shenanigans, and there was so many times it looked like Brock was about to win this one, uh, especially yeah. towards the end where Roman went for the spear but got locked in the Kimura lock, and he had that thing on good, too. He got to the ropes, and he told Paul, it's out, it's out, it's out, meaning he might have like indicated he dislocated yeah. the shoulder or something like that but in the end he was able to take out brock and he won the title and clearly he was dealing with some kind of legitimate injury because he could barely lift his arms to hold up one of the belts but in the end yeah. he was able to hold up both belts yes Hector, we you know you called it shut up uh but yeah it, it he he did it he's now the universe the, the uni undisputed universal champion roman reigns Sith, how did you feel about this main event to close out WrestleMania for the show? Really good match here. Very methodical main event here, although it might not be what it was hyped up to me as the greatest WrestleMania match ever. WWE will never learn from building up matches as the greatest match ever for a build. But it was still a very solid way to main event night two and unified the belts for at least a few weeks. Uh, 12.20 is the main event match time as we get into final grades. All right. So night two was a lot better than night one. <laughs> oh, God, yes. A whole lot better than night one. Uh, you take away, honestly, and this is, this is real, you take away... Shame that's Seamus Rich Holland New Day yeah. match, and you take away the fact that McMahon decides he wants to get in the ring at 76 and roll around with the kids again. You take away those, and this is at least an A paper, this is at least an A night, at least an mm -hmm. A night. But with those in there, I give it a B. Plus. I give it a B. Plus. Now, McMahon again. Thankfully, Stone Cold saved that segment. Stone Cold doesn't save that segment there. This is a B, at least a B minus to me. But this is a B plus. Stone Cold comes out and saved it, made everybody happy, drank a bunch of beers, stunned a bunch of people in his in his backyard of Texas. It was great. Uh, yeah. Again, the fact that New Day and Sheamus and Ridge's WrestleMania match was cut from night one due to time. And then they were thrown out there on night two and didn't even get two minutes in the ring. That's that's a travesty to me, honestly. Yeah. But it's a B plus, honestly. It's a B plus. What about you? I go a little bit higher, all right, because of the fact that Edge versus AJ Styles is an early contender for a top five match of the year. Team Bad winning gold. Roman unifying the belts. A minus is my final grade. But again, we need to do without Vince at 76 years old trying to roll with guys that are in their 20s and 30s and also the New Day squash. You know, there is no call for a team of the caliber of the New Day, which has been one of the pillars 
to get squashed at WrestleMania. Just pathetic. But A- minus is my final grade for night two. And my overall grade is a B plus, bordering on an A minus. Those certain intricacies of both nights keep it from being an A. Fair, very, very fair. Um, I think my my final average is going to be a B. Uh, it was well, like like I said, night one just just was there you had a mm-hmm. few really good moments on there but nothing really standing out but then night two really like just absolutely hit you right in the face and it was absolutely fun to watch <laughs> night two and there you go i mean so a b for wrestlemania 38 which is crazy which again is a trend yeah. when it comes to nxt's mega event being on the same weekend as a w main roster event and that it still outperformed the main roster one, but just barely, just barely. So there you go. Oh, I, I have, I, I enjoyed watching it. I will say I yeah. enjoyed watching WrestleMania both nights. It was a lot of fun. And before we move on to the weekend review, just want to say thank you to uh, everybody who came out, showed up and yeah. checked out the live reactions to both stand to stand and deliver and both nights of WrestleMania. Uh, it was really great to have that interaction in our in the chat for uh, those nights. We had a lot of fun. We did have some issues because, again, with us trying to sync up, we were behind you guys. So we had to have you guys try not to say what happened before we got to see it. We did have some people do spoil it before we got to see it, which, you know, mm-hmm. it happens. We don't know yeah. a way to fix it because, again, you know, even though we're both on cable boxes, somehow we never are in sync, which is weird to me because yeah. uh, we both have Xfinity, but that's neither here nor there. We'll, we'll figure it out, and hopefully sooner rather than later we'll be able yeah. to do these live reactions and be in sync with you guys so that yeah. way we all react to things at the same time. It's a work in progress. And to quote Willy Wonka, no one won my money again this time around, so guess what? It's all there, black and white. You get nothing you lose good day sir right yeah well it is what it is it Um, is what it is and they had a lot of fun with the predictions because shout out to graves for coming in putting down the predictions and having fun with us it was great yeah exactly it was really it was really great and um Hopefully, with the next major pay-per-view, we'll be able to get people to actually put it in the right post and be able yeah. to hopefully win, right? And that will be for Rebellion, which is on the 23rd, two weeks from tonight. And for people who haven't heard yet, we're not doing a show on the 23rd, just the live stream reactions. Then the following week, we get back to normal. Uh, yep, that's right. We'll be back to normal on the, on the 30th. Uh, with the show, and then again, just a re- reminder: May the fourteenth will be no show at all because we because I will be at a New Japan show, being able to watch New yep. Japan in my hometown, which I'm super excited about. Like I'm so stoked to be able to see New Japan, be able to see the Rainmaker, and see possibly Chase Owens. I think I'm, I'm not sure if he's working that show or not. He did. He was the one that first wanted to tell to mention on his stream that they were coming to DC on May the fourteenth. I just had to wait to find out where and when I could get tickets. And then as soon as I yeah. found out, I was in there like swimmer, baby. 
All right, it's time for the week in review. Of course, you know, on this part of the show, we look back on everything that happened in the week in wrestling from uh, Monday Night Raw, from Monday night all the way to Friday night and everything in between. We start with Monday Night Raw. We talk about Dark Elevation and Dark. We talk about NXT 2.0. We talk about AEW Dynamite. We talk about Impact, though we're not talking about it this week because it was just a recap show and not yeah. uh, actual fresh matches. So, not talking about it tonight. We do have the NXT UK report, which featured a big time NXT UK championship matchup. And then we will talk about what happened on SmackDown and on Rampage. And then we will get into final thoughts this week. Cam, yes. Let's call an audible. You've developed rapid fire for the entire segment. Yep. Let's get I'm it. I'm, I'm because that way we can probably get done within two and a half hours. That works. Let's, yes. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. So we start off with Monday Night Raw. And as I promised Champ, I'll be leading this week. We opened up the show on Raw this week. Cody had a very passionate promo to open his first Raw in six years. He had a lot to get off his chest. Definitely did it. Champ, you push a Barry Cody's promo that opened the show. Big push, beautiful promo, very emotional, and even Seth Rollins coming out, shaking his hand. Uh There's still, I don't know if their issue is done, but still really good promo push. Yeah, Uh, big push here. And, you know, for for those whining about perceived shots at AEW, AEW have had their shots at WWE the last three years. Sit your asses down and shut up. The handshake at the end. I think there's going to be a match at Backlog. At Backlash, I refuse to call it WrestleMania Backlash. It's just Backlash. And then after that, we get Team Bad against Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley in a women's tag team match, which came off the heels of WrestleMania. Champ, you push your berry. Uh... Uh, I kind of put, I kind of pushed this. It was, it was okay. It was okay match. It was kind of funny that it's a championship contenders match, and the contenders actually lost, which is funny to me because then yeah. what would happen later on, it would mean nothing. But either way, I think the, I think what was was stood out from this was Rhea Ripley walking away from Liv Morgan, yeah. but they made up later and found out that they're going to still get a shot at the titles anyway. So I'm like, why well, have a contenders match if you're just going to get right. a shot anyway? So I give, I give it a small push. I give it a small push. The good thing, though, is that the women got over five minutes of nuance here, which gives me just a little bit of hope. But I have a lot of reish reservations. So, what's up, Viking? And yeah, they would live in Rhea. Nice. All right, champ. It's not a part of the five, but Ezekiel. Champ. I don't need to say anything. If you're watching on Twitch, there we go. No, I'm burying this. What in the world are we doing to Elias, my guy? What are we doing? Bury, 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 bury. And you know, I'm saying bury, hand me the golden shovel of Triple H because, my God, you mean to tell me after six fucking months this is what you can come up with? Trash. Anyway... Back to the fun, though. There was a six-man tag of Austin Theory and the Usos taking on RK Bro and Finn Balor, champion Pusha Berry. 
six-man push tag. This. Push this. Really fun, uh, really, really fun six-man tag match. I had. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I hate the fact that Valor wins the U.S. title and just can't buy a win at this point. Yeah. Uh, Theory gets the victory coming off that loss to Pat McAfee, which is weird. But I, I don't know what else you do in that situation booking-wise. So it is what it is, but push. It's double WWE booking in a nutshell. You have your champions lose. Push, but the booking needs to be a lot better. Anywho, Edge came out after that with a promo to open up a faction or stable. Champ, you push your Barry Edge's uh, promo segment. Uh, push this. This is, I, like I said earlier, I'm excited to see where the stable goes and who mm-hmm. joins it. And I love the fact that you could tell this was a Raw after WrestleMania crowd. Because yeah. even when they get insulted, they turn that insult into a chant. And it's just I like, know. wow. Like, y'all are wild for that. But anyway, push. This was a really good promo. AJ got involved, but he yep. got beaten down. It took the referees to finally come for a concerto. You could tell the stable's going to be something, something serious. So there you go. Yeah. I think that, you know, how we're getting to the Blackpool Combat Club over in AEW? Edge's stable is going to be like that. It's going to be a lot of fun, but also very brittle. Absolutely a solid push. I do want to point out something. I do want to point out something. And I heard heard this during his promo, and I thought about something. He said that Damian Priest was going to be the punishment he said he's going to be the punishment for somebody. And remember what Hector told us his old ring name was. Punishment Martinez. Yes. So Edge knows his wrestling and made that little nuance about Priest in his promo. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. That's brilliant. <sighs> though, Brody King need, though Brody King need to, need to shut the fuck up, though. Talk about that. The yes. House of Black off of Wish. He needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> And it can right, only jump, champ. The bloodline had a promo to close out the night. Champ, you push or bury my tribal chief. I will never bury my tribal chief. Never bury my tribal chief. Never. But I can't push this promo because it really did. It, it was okay. One of the few okay promos that he's done in his, in his time as mm-hmm. the tribal chief. Right. So I'm not bearing it, but I'm not pushing it. It was just there. It didn't really say much except, hey, watch SmackDown to find out what's next. Yeah. So it's like, okay. All right. So it was just yeah. there. Not burying it, but not pushing it. I'm leaving it where it is because it reminds me of a poor habit in some films where they keep on teasing you that something's going to happen. And then the film turns out to be a complete tease for the next film. That's what happened here with our tribal chief, except Hector and Donnie, is Roman Reigns came out and he said, oh, by the way, if you want to know what's next, watch SmackDown. That bait and switch just, I didn't care for it too much. So there you go. So I'm just leaving it where it is. Not quite buried territory, but this was like Jeepers Creepers 3 for me almost, where you thought you're going to get Trish and Grandpa finally destroyed the Creeper. You get none of it. You just get a teaser. It's like, what the fuck? Anyway, move on to what hits on YouTube on Monday nights. Dark Elevation. And this week, 
really, really cool card of eight matches. And I'm starting off with Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. They took on QT Marshall and Aaron Solo of the factory champ to push your berry. Push, this is not a this is not a bad tag team matchup. Brock Anderson is starting to get a lot better in the ring. He's definitely starting to show a lot more improvement. And the factory just knows how to win how to lose spectacularly, if that makes any sense. Like they'll go out there and they'll do what they gotta do, but then they'll end up losing. But they make they look good losing, which is mm-hmm. crazy to say. But other than that, it's it's really I really enjoy really enjoyed this this tag team matchup and again yep. as, as as a tag team wrestling fan something like this i enjoy and i enjoyed this i really enjoyed it giving it a solid push here brock anderson i think the best thing that ever happened to him was working under his dad in all these matches in dark and dark elevation because he's really developed and it just shows how good AEW is doing in developing young talent and making sure that they're getting the repetitions and the whole nine yards. Moving on, one of our Virginia peeps, Serena Deeb, took on Danny Moe this week on Dark Elevation. Hey, champ, you push your berry. Serena Deeb, only like her where she's built from is only 30 minutes from where I'm at right now in Oakton, Virginia. So Oakton is a yep. small subsection of Fairfax, uh, Virginia, just to put that out there. Uh, push once again, the professor looks the looks the way she's supposed to look, which is can't nobody really touch her. So no. gotta push this. This is a really well, well done match by Serena D. Uh, absolutely. You push and Hey, Mo, Danny, Mo, you missed the five minute mark by about, Two minutes and 30 seconds. Deeb is just fucking awesome as the professor. I love this gimmick. Frankie Kazarian, do what he does best. Wrestle on dark elevation or dark. And starting to develop the newer talent. This week, Lucky Ali was his opponent champ. You push your berry. Push. Very solid contest. Uh, the... Uh... Kazarian was very good with it, but of course, mm-hmm. you know, his opponent was able to get in some offense as well. But again, Kazarian still being the veteran that he is, was able to fire back, end up putting him in the crossface chicken wing to get the victory, tap up victory, yep. and there you go. Yeah, there you go indeed. Definitely push. Again, as I said, Kazarian is one of the guys who's trying to get the new talent built up, getting them ready to take over. So a match like this, you can't go wrong. In tag team, in tag team competition, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry took on the best friends. Champ, you push your berry. I really like the fact that they brought in uh, Anthony Henry to team with J.D. Drake to do mm-hmm. the work horseman thing. I mean, J.D. Drake was being entertaining with the with the wingman, but every now and again he needs to get serious, and he's getting serious here. He took, they, they really were working with the best friends and wa- rocking the best friends. But yep. in the end, uh, best friends were victorious. But you pushed this on a solid, solid tag team match. Um, push, solid match. And I think J.D. Drake is going to leave the wingman behind at some point because this ta- teaming with Anthony Henry has really helped them. And Henry gets spotlighted as well while the best friends still look solid. Push. And the penultimate main event for this week Ruby Soho and Energy of the Dark Order 
uh, took on Diamante and Ashley Dambois. Champion Pusher Berry. This was a very unique combination, Diamante and Ashley Dambois, but I'm giving this a push. Ruby Soho, Anna Jay. Ruby mm-hmm. is starting to really start to get some more momentum. Uh, it seemed a little bit, it, it seemed a little strange that she shot out the gate so hot in winning the yeah. Casino Battle Royale and then went into the title match with Dr. Britt and lost. So, you know, it is what it is, but I, I, I enjoyed the match that you push. I enjoyed the match. I'm giving it a push. This was a showcase match for the women this week, and both teams brought out good action storytelling. Yeah, people can say that they, the Jets of Cold where it comes to Ruby Soho. You have the right to that opinion. I agree with that as well. But I think that with the addition of everything from Ring of Honor, I think this is more about building up the younger talent as well at the same time. And before we go to Dark Proper Champ, we have to do our card time alerts for Dark Elevation and Dark this week. Let's get it. Okay, before we go into Dark Proper, it's time to do our card times for AEW Dark Elevation and AEW Dark, both of which you can find on YouTube Monday night and Tuesday night successfully. AEW Dark Elevation this week had eight matches and had a runtime of 49 minutes, 43 seconds. Cool. AEW Dark had six matches and had a runtime of 34 minutes and two seconds. Combine it together, one hour, 23 minutes and 45 seconds. And that is your card run times this week for Dark Elevation and AEW Dark. And speaking of Dark Proper, we opened up with Ryan Nemeth, the Hollywood hunk, taking on Chandler Hopkins, champ. You push your berry. Uh, give it a give it a bit of a push. I it's great to finally see Ryan Nemeth in a singles match. We've either yep. seen him in skits on uh, being the elite or uh, and things like that, or he's just yeah. hanging out with the wingman. So it was good to see him actually perform and things like that. So I'll give it a push. I give it a push as well because it had a lot of amateur wrestling feel-wise as well during the match. And you know you can't go wrong with me where it comes to that, so I give it a push. Sonny Kiss took on J.P. Harlow this week in a showcase match. Champ, you push your berry. I push anytime I see Sonny Kiss on my screen because Sonny Kiss is such a talented performer who's not used enough within AEW. So anytime I get to see Sonny Kiss on my screen... I'm happy and I push. It was a really good match. Yep, absolutely. And not only that, but it's one of those talents that we saw rise gradually up over the la- the first few years of AEW. It's been a pleasure watching him watching Sunny Kiss work big time. I pretty much know where Champ's going with this, but I have to ask him for the record. Champ Abaddon versus Hain Hera Pusher Berry. I'm actually kind of gonna. I'm actually gonna kind of give this one a very small push, only because how over Abaddon is as a face. I never thought in my wildest dreams that Abaddon would get over as a face. Never. I never thought that was gonna happen. But she gets the big pops now, and it's crazy because 
I follow her on Instagram, by the way, and she posted yeah. a picture, a screen grab, a, a, a picture of her list with her ears like this, with the crowd chanting her name, and she just simply put the caption, "I hear you." Mm -hmm. Do you expect I'm this type of match from Abaddon? Push. So I'm giving a small push because you expect this from Abaddon nowadays. But why I give the small yeah. push is because of the reaction she's getting now. Yeah. I never expect her to get over as a face, but here we are. Small push. And I want her to get Diamante next or someone higher up. Build her up as a face. Come on. Lance Archer took on Dean Alexander this week, and a bizarre circumstance happened. Champ, you push a berry. Right. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll help you out of it. I I don't know. I mean, it's not like he buried. It's not like it was a squash, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a squash. It wasn't a squash. I'm going to just leave it where it is, I guess. I don't know. I'll just leave it where it I is. I give it a small push for a reason. This wasn't your run into mill. I'm beating somebody up on the way to the ring, throwing in the ring, and five seconds the match is over. No, this actually went about two minutes. So, small push because it's better than what we've gotten in the past two months or so from Archer since his return. And in the main event, Allen Five Angels and 10 of the Dark Order took on Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado of... The factory champ, you push a berry. Uh, you definitely push this. This was a very, very good main event. Uh, it's great to see the Dark Order getting in that main event spot. And again, the factory just knows how to lose spectacularly. They, they look good doing it. They look good in matches and then they lose. But this is really good. Ten is just an absolute animal, dude. But yeah. he's so over. He's so over. It's incredible how over he is. So, yeah, I, I got to give this one a push. I give this a big push. Really good main event. A negative one. Oh, my God, child. That, that kid is something Poor QT else. Poor QT Marshall. Poor guy. Man, F QT Marshall. Anyway. Yeah. But, you know, he's willing to take that bump for a kid, that little thing for a kid, you know. And deep down, everyone in that locker room loves negative one. So there's that. And what's up, HPC? Hey, what's up, HPC? Cool. Um, we move on on Tuesday nights to NXT 2.0, which... And hold on, was... Seth. Hold on, Seth. Seth, you're moving oh, too fast. You got to remember, we have a chat we have to look at. Uh, but oh, HPC, what's up? And Hector's... I think you are the last to know that Kyle's diabetic. Even I knew this yeah. as a diabetic. Um, but yeah, that's why that's why he was that was one of the reasons why Kyle was not really in NXT during mm -hmm. the height of the pandemic. It was yeah. one because he's from Canada and there was restrictions on travel from Canada to the United States. And mm -hmm. two, being a diabetic, we were at high risk uh, of severe symptoms or severe like consequences yeah. from the virus being that we are we are diabetic that's why i hardly ever left my apartment during the height of the pandemic because i knew i was a high risk and stuff like that yeah. so there you go 
Uh, um, Sith, real quick, you talk to everybody. Let's not start that segment yet. Talk to the people. I got to do, do, do something real quick. Yeah, cool. I'm going further in the chat here. Hector chiming in. We sure Brock Anderson isn't just an Arn Anderson clone that just unfrozen because he looks, yeah, he is a spitting image of his dad. Um, if I were to take off the mustache and the beard I have, people would literally say, oh my God, you're just like your dad. And they would be right except for the curly hair. In Jeepers Creepers 3, yeah, the reason why I didn't hear about it is because of the fact that it's one of those films that went direct to Sci-Fi Channel after the, all the complications of getting it made, and then it hit Blu-ray the next week. That's why you haven't heard of it. Um, but getting back to Dark and Dark Elevation, we're getting back to where it was pre-pandemic, where you get about 30 to 40 minutes of matches here, put them together, and what they usually do is with Dark Elevation, it records either on Wednesday after, you know, before Dynamite, but in Rampage, or on a live Rampage, it's recorded on Friday. So I'm the back. next time they have a live Rampage, welcome back, champ. Next, I was telling the people, next time there's a live, ramp, a live Rampage, um, Dark Elevation is taped on that Friday. But usually on a Wednesday, you get Dark Elevation, Dynamite, and Rampage. Yeah, pretty much. It's a, it's a long... And now we're day. getting back. And it looks like we're settling back into the way Dark was before the pandemic, where you got about five or six good matches and about 40 minutes of action. Yeah, pretty much. All right, let's yep. get back to it. And let's talk about NXT 2.0, the fallout from Stan and Deliver. Yep. And it started off with a promo from Brian Breaker himself. Whew. But then Imperium came in and said, yeah, you haven't beaten the ring general yet. Champ, you push your bear the opening segment. Give it a small push. I mean, you kind of it, it's kind of funny that, you know, this will be one of the final acts of Walter in NXT proper coming out and challenging for the NXT championship. It was okay. Give it a little bit of a push. Just a little bit. I'm leaving it where it is because even though it was a decent way to open, this is the final act of Walter really sets it down for me because it's just like, damn. And then after that, we had a really good match between the Creed Brothers and Imperium. And then after the match... Some people that Champ and I clearly recognize from NXT UK made the presence known. Champ, Creed Brothers versus Imperium, plus Pretty Deadly showing up. And no, we're not using their new names. Pusher Barry. Uh, definitely push this because what also happened in this match, the Creed's won because Fabian Eichner walked out on Marcel Bartel. Yeah, he walked out on Bartel as Bartel was in the midst of, of, of trying to set up a double team move. He walked out, he left them hanging, and it left for him to get beaten by the Creed brothers. And then, that's pretty deadly, Sam Stoker and uh, Lewis, Lewis Howley, Howley 
came out and attacked them from behind to show themselves. And yeah, like he said, we're not calling them. I don't even know what their new names are. To be fair, I'm not. I don't even know, and I'm not gonna learn know what their names are. I'm nope. still gonna call them Sam Stokely and Lewis Howley. That's pretty deadly. Yeah. Right. Um. I mean, so they've been the ones that've been uh, after the crease, but I give this a push. Yeah, I give it a push as well. And it, you know, the way that Eichner left was like a callback to me when the powers of pain arrived in WWF and they were in a feud with demolition and Fuji did a turn demolition turns face and he just betrays demolition walks up with the powers of pain that that's what it reminded me of but I give it a push please stop renaming all of the talent oh my god okay so i just seen the new names for pretty deadly elton prince and kit wilson i mean wait what what that that's what we're doing elton prince and kit wilson nah Sam Stoker no. and Lewis Holly, thank you very much. Move on, yep, Seth. pretty deadly. It, this is just, it's too much for me because of the fact that Champ and I have spent years seeing these guys in NXT UK. Solid tag team. And already they're going to get buried. You can see it now. That's all I'm going to say about it now. Then we had a rematch between Gigi Dolan and JC Jane of Toxic Attraction taking on Raquel Gonzalez and singing for me, Champ. Dakota Kai, do, 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 do. Dakota Kai, do, 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 do. Dakota Kai, do, 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 Yeah. Champ, you push your berry. Not. I want to bury it because what was the point of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai winning the belts on Saturday for them to lose them on Tuesday? What was the point? The problem is I can't properly bury this because the match was actually really was actually quite solid. And then, of course, Wendy Chu got involved just like she did Saturday. Yeah. Only this time, Mandy Rose wasn't prepared for a women's championship match, so she neutralized her. And it left Raquel Gonzalez alone to get taken out to lose the championships. So, given all that said, I'm leaving it where it is. I can't honestly bury it because the match was actually good. But why are we playing? Why are we doing tag team title hot potato with those belts? Why are we doing this? So, I'm leaving it where it is. You're being too generous. I'm burying it. Why? Because of the ending. The match was good, but the ending buries it for me. I have had what gives with the bait and switch. Was it to give Raquel Gonzalez one last brief hurrah before going to the main roster? Come on. Get fucked. That's fair. Meanwhile, yeah. Nikita Lyons continues her uh, improvement. Taking on Lash Legends with Champ, you push your berry. Uh, 
I give it I give it a small push. I Makita Lyons definitely shows that she's you know, she's like she's she's definitely working her way towards being a really good professional uh, wrestler and things like that. Lash Leisure was a little bit better in this outing. Not that much better, but a little bit better. Her improvement slowly but surely. So I'm giving this a very yeah. small push. And Give very MSK. Sheesh. HBC said very MSK. Sheesh. Yeah. Poor Wesley. I feel bad for that guy. But anyway, what, what you got? What you got? Yeah. Going? Um, small push as well. Nick, both leagues are getting better week to week. I just hope they're not going to bury them because it's what WWE does to women is eventually you get buried. And it's just sad. And speaking of the ring general, Walter, in the main event, he went up against Braun Breaker. Champ, you push or bury. Definitely push this. This was a very solid big man hoss fight match. Uh, yep. Walter really brought the fight to Breaker. Breaker really was really solid here. He's, you know, had there was some times where he had to feel like he had to slow down a little bit uh, mm-hmm. and not be wrapped up in the moment, but he was really, really good in this one. I'm just trying to figure out where in the world did Joe Gacy come from to get into bronze into the picture of Braun by kidnapping his father? Like this is what we're doing. We're committing felonious kidnapping for what? Why? And I was just starting to like Joe Gacy's character, and now he goes and commits a felony. Like what are we doing? But overall, I push. Overall, I push. I'm asking the same question, Champ, is about Joe Gacy. I mean, just as we're starting to dig you and all, felonious kidnapping. Okay, that's what we're doing now. But the match overall was really, really good. And I've got this bad feeling about Walter on the main roster. I do. Anyway, moving on to Wednesday night, Dynamite. That's right, folks. Where... We're kind of a state of influx. We're kind of getting ready for Battle of the Belts 2. And for way further down the road, um, double or nothing at the end of next month. But we opened up with a hot match. Christian Cage, Adam Cole, baby. Champ, push your berry. Push. This was an uh, excellent matchup. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because I had a friend of mine who told me that Adam Cole can't wrestle out of a paper bag and he gets carried in matches. And I let lo- I, I let him have his opinion, but I'm not I'm I always felt that he was wrong in that. I think that Adam Cole is a spectacular wrestler, and I think that he, he if he has mm-hmm. the right dance partner, he can really put on really good matches. And he had a pretty good one in Christian Cage, so I push. Yeah, I push for your friend that said that. Yeah. That's just like, well, your opinion, man. Uh, Big Lebowski reference there. Really good match. You can't open up with a hot promo. Open up with a hot match. Now, separate from that, in the post-match, who's up for a live Dex's Teth match next week on Rampage? Champ, you push or bury the build. Push. 
definitely push. Um, another Texas debt. Listen, I'm going to say something. Uh, yes. AEW is going to have to come up with more creative ways for these championship matches to be because you can't have yeah. too many of these Texas death matches. You already had one with Lance Archer. Now you're mm-hmm. to have one with Adam Cole. You can't have too many of these Texas death matches now in order to get somebody out of, out of your way as a challenger. You have to find another way to get it done and not this way. But I'm fine with it. I push for now. But if it happens a second time, it's not getting pushed. Uh, for a third time, I mean, it's not getting pushed. Yeah, third time. I'm pushing it for now, but as James said, got to think of something better to close out your feuds and not just death matches. Meanwhile, the captain, Sean Dean, was in action this week. Rare appearance for him on TV, going up against Sean Spears. Champ, push your berry. Uh... I will definitely give this one a push because of the fact that, you know, the funny part was <laughs> <laughs> Wardlow distracted Sean Spears and he gets hit with the most devastating move at all in sports entertainment. And yes. the captain actually won. <laughs> and then Sean is telling, like, telling freaking MJF, like, dude, this thing with Wardlow was ruining my career. The yeah. pinnacle was falling apart at the very foundation, and you love yes. to see it. So you definitely <laughs> push. It's definitely great push. to ha- you push. It's great to have the captain get a W here on Dynamite. It was a good way to have Spears protected with Wardlow trying to charge the ring. And it also adds to more dissension where MJF's turned to lose his allies. You know? He, he, he got rid of Wardlow. Now he's about to lose Sean Spears. Because Spears is like, dude, you need to get this guy under control. I'm getting sick of this shit. Pretty cool. Anyway, moving on. We had a, a match to help set up the On and Heart Memorial Cup. J-U-L-I-A. J-U-L-I-A. Hart took on Hikara Shida. Champ, you push your berry. Uh, push. Again, Julia Hart's heel turn is starting to really come into form. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And she's going to join the House of Black, which I fi- I've accepted long ago. I, I, haven't, I didn't want to accept it, but I, I'm, I'm accepting it. Yep. And, you know... You figured you you had to know that it was going to be Hikaru Shida was going to make it into there. But I will say though, it was great when she was sitting in the ring waiting on Serena Deeb. But then she knew when Serena didn't come out the ramp way, she's going to come up behind her, and she was waiting for her and re- ready for. Her. And yeah, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed that. It's really good. Really enjoyed it too, giving it a push. I think Julia might turn heel while we're on vacation. Go figure. But still, good match with Sheeta. And I think Sheeta might win the TBS championship at some point. Yes, I, I agree. And finally, oh my God, the main event this week FTR versus the Young Bucks. Champ, I know where you're going, but for the record, do you push your berry? Uh, I got to push this. Absolutely got to push this. This was absolutely just a freaking amazing, amazing, amazing contest yes. between two 
absolutely crazy, crazy individuals. It was really, really... This was one of the best tag team matches I've seen in the last two years. I think this was as good as the Young Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman from Revolution 2020. Yeah. This was that good of a match. And this is definitely this was definitely better than their first match. And their first match was really good. Amazing. Amazing. Mega push. Mega push. Loved this match. This could be a top five contender. Keep that in mind for January, folks, because this was just an amazing match. So anyway, as we do it this time, we go across the Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. There ain't no way we're going to skip AEW Dynamite and not talk about Max Caster's dish record to fucking Samoa Joe. Ain't no way. Hang on. I'm about to pull that. I'm about to pull that up because I got to hear it so I can remember the lyrics because it was so freaking hilarious. That freaking uh, that freaking freestyle was. Hang on. I'm about to pull this up right now so I can listen to it and be like what and remember what he said, because I listened to it a couple of times. And every time I heard it, I just laughed my tail off because I'm like, yo, he is wild. Hang on. Yes. Wait, I got some news. Wait, news. News. Some. Oh, it's the same thing you talked about uh, in the in in the opening uh, your opening uh, thoughts. Uh, oh. An independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-AEW online community aren't real individuals. It's a staff running thousands of accounts plus an army of bots to signal boost them. Look closely. These aren't real people who pay for such a wildly expensive thing. Becky Lynch responded to it. The independent study confirmed that much of the stars anti-Becky in arena booers aren't real individuals. It's a staff running thousands of AI, an army of bots. Look closely. These aren't real people. Who'd pay for such a wildly expensive thing? Becky Lynch just took the piss out of Tony God. <laughs> it's like what I said in a public chat, and I'll say it again for the record here. Tony needs to act more like an owner. Hang on. Okay. No, keep talking. I just I'm gonna, I gotta turn up the yeah. volume so I can hear it, and then I'll tell you what he said. Yeah, Tony needs to. This is another case where he's behaving more like a fan and not the owner. Even one person that I know that is ardently hates WWE, worships AEW, even said. Tony was in the wrong here. Tony, stop, please. Just stop. Jim's going to love hearing that diss track again. My boy, we're there jamming. Okay, so here's what Max Caster said on Wednesday on Dynamite before he faced 
um, before he faced Samoa Joe, he said, yo, listen, yo, I'm going to lay this dude out like a sex position. I'm main event Max. He's X Division. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He's X Division. Uh, What was he saying? What else he said? Damn it. I, I was li- just listening to it, and then I forgot that quickly. I'm such a bot. Anyway, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Let me see. I love it. I mean, I've been he's X Division. I'm like, oh, my God. He's X Division. He said, and I'm sending you home. You ain't a tough guy, Joe. You just injury prone. Oh, <laughs> Damn. He said, he said, you're not, he said, you're not just, he said, you're not a tough guy, Joe. You're just injury prone. And then what he said, he said something else. I'm trying to see what yeah. else he fucking said. It's just, it's just not, I'm going to try it one more time. <sighs> he so, I'm like a sex position. Max, you X division. And I'm sending you home. You're just injury prone. And I'm bad for your health. I got a towel on your neck because you try to stop playing with yourself. God, we just killing you in the ratings. Is that, and while, hey, Tony, why you give this guy a chance? We was beating him in the ratings. They, he was their champ. I said, you know what? Mascast has got to, Mascast has got to relax. That's why Joe beat him up anyway. But that freestyle was lit. It was. And I don't know if Tony's approving them still or if he's just doing this like this, but his freestyles are just absolutely wild. All right, now we can go across the pond. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. That was fun. Um, as Champion Tilly, I love good this track. Anyway. NXT UK report this week. What happens when two former tag team partners collide? Priming Wild Boar, you'll find out here. Uh, Charlie Dempsey had a match against Wolfgang of Gallus. What happened there? You'll find out here. Oh boy, Zaya Brookside has a new friend. And in the main event, Ilya Dragunov took on Roderick Strong of the Diamond Mine. What happened to that one? Find out all this and more. The NXT UK Report right here, right now. Hello, friends, and welcome to your NXT UK Report this week. We open the show this week with a grudge match between former tag team partners Primate and Wild Boar. If Wild Boar won this match, he gets a shot at Eddie Dennis. This was nothing short of non-stop bare-knuckling brawling here, as the scientific wrestling was definitely out of the window. At the end of the match, T-Bone distracted the referee so that Eddie Dennis could hit Wild Boar with a punch with the chain wrapped around his fist, and Primate got the W. After the match, the beatdown continued until Mark Andrews of Subculture came in for the save. Kenny Williams continued to poke the bear that is Sam Gradwell by putting maggots in Sam's gem bag. This is not going to end well for for Williams down the road. We had a defamilia promo at their apartment where Charlie Dempsey mentioned that he had Wolfgang tap out once and he would do it so again. 
Tierman said his pain was temporary, but A-Kids would be permanent. Also in singles competition this week, Charlie Dempsey of D-Familia took on Wolfgang of Gallus. This was a fascinating match, as you had two people that knew each other quite well going up against each other. And of course, got to keep your eye on Gallus as well as D-Familia. Dempsey continued to break out of the shadow of greatness of his dad, and Wolfgang shows that he can still hold his own. At the end of the match, though, a distraction of the big eye on the big screen later allowed Wolfgang to spear Rohan Raja, but Dempsey took advantage after hitting the bridge, post-bridge double-hook suplex, and ended up on top. Zaya Brookside has a new friend in Eliza Alexander, who will have her ring debut next week. Also next week, A-Kid will take on Teo Man, and Mark and Joe Coffey of Gallus will take on Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars, and we'll get a face-to-face encounter with NXT UK Women's Champion, the final boss maker, Setamora, and Ila Dawn. And in two weeks, we are getting Mustache Mountain versus Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter for a two-out-of-three falls match for the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. And in our main event, Ilya Dragunov defended the NXT UK Championship against the Diamond Mines' Roderick Strong. As we're getting people from NXT 2.0 back in the UK again and vice versa. This was a fascinating match. And honestly, of all the matches on this show, this is one you should seek out to watch the most. Really good action and selling of injured body parts as well. At the end of the match... Ilya Dragunov remains on top as your NXT UK champion after hitting Torpedo Moscow. And that is your NXT UK report for this week. Okay. Okay, folks. Um, So NXT UK per usual coming out with banger cards week after week they usually come on peacock at around between 2:45 to 3 o'clock all depending on what happens basically with what happens with the show itself um sometimes it starts directly at three other times it comes in earlier than that um this week though really banger of a match between Ilya dragonoff and roderick strong um, it's good to see the talent be able to go to the UK and down to Orlando. It was happening like that before the pandemic. So hopefully we'll get more bangers like this. Um, Illidan. Girl, you got problems. You got problems and situations that I don't want to think of right now. And I mean major problems, big time. Uh, hold on. Okay. Um, Hector, to answer your question, how's a kid in both? NXT UK is usually recorded three to six weeks before it airs. We're getting the matches that were taped in a batch taping, I'd say about four or five weeks ago. So that's how a kid's able to come over. Um, this reminds me a lot of how they used to get shows in Britain on delay. 
you know, before it became a common thing to get them live, events live and everything. Same theory here. Um, they tape their stuff in bundles like Impact. Then your wrestlers can go to Orlando or wherever and then come back and do some more if they stay. So that's how. Um, we had a sleeper. I mean, in two weeks, Mustache Mountain, two out of three falls. I agree with Champ that we're seeing Trent Seven turn heels slowly but surely, but it's crazy. Um, Charlie Dempsey, I think he's going to be in defamilial maybe for a little bit longer, but you can tell that there's a slight bit of Charlie that has a little bit of buyer's remorse, possibly, of joining defamilia because of what he had said in the um, penthouse as we get Champ back in. Champ, what were your so, thoughts this week? Um... I really like the NXT Championship match. That was really good. Yes. I mean, Roddy Strong. Roddy Strong has always been a main event player. He just hasn't gotten that chance in uh, WWE to be that main event guy. But he was able to be a main event guy here. And Ilya really gave him a hell of a fight. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, definitely a, a, a thumbs up for me for that matchup. Uh, can we get Zyra Brookside off my TV, please? Now she has another spoiled friend with her. What are we doing? Bullshit. Yeah, hold on. I would much rather watch Trent Seven turn heel than have Zion Brookside on TV. Either way, I'm I'm not I don't know what that is, but whatever. And then um Dempsey and 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 Wolfgang, I mm -hmm. I I hope they're not breaking up Gallus. Please don't break up Gallus. I, I love Gallus. Gallus boys on yeah. What are we doing? Don't break up Gallus, please. Don't. Please don't. And then, um, and then Wild Boar, Wild Boar, getting getting help from an unlikely source. The return of Mark Andrews. <laughs> Mark Andrews is back. How about that? That's yeah. awesome. And then, and you know, their old friends and everything like that. They're back. That's pretty cool. Um, all in all, this was a really good episode of NXT UK this week. Um. And I'm wondering, like, what I can't wait to see what they do going forward. It should be a fun. It's 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 fun to watch it because of how just you know, just so you know, you never know what you expect. And plus, it's great that they have the fans back again. It's really cool. Um, and so I'm really excited. Really, really excited. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm, you're going to be seeing me taking like bites because I'm I'm eating chicken noodle soup and it's nice and hot and I don't want it to get cold, so I'm going to be eating. Oh, so. good stuff. Um, and that, all right, and Hector also said that, yeah, we know he's William Regal's son, Charlie Dempsey. And we know Regal, he likes to be a leader, absolutely. Um, so it's fun to see the evolution of Charlie Dempsey, to say the least. And I answered Hector's question as to why eight kids in both NXTs right now as well, right? It's because it's ship. NXT UK is a lot like Impact, they tape a lot of episode episodes in bulk and just right. take the map. Right. Anyway, yeah. skipping impact this week, as we said, we're moving over to SmackDown on Friday nights. And we opened up with a pot, what would later become official this weekend. Ronda Rousey uh, challenged Charlotte to backlash an I quit match. Champ, push your the opening segment. 
Barry, I don't, I just, I didn't like the segment. I don't like this, this rivalry. I hate this rivalry. Why did we not get Ronda versus Becky? This would have been, that would have been so much Man. better than this. This rivalry sucks. Barry, this, is, this rivalry sucks. This is one of the worst rivalries I've seen in a long time. Triple H, Golden Shovel, Barry here, because this is just ridiculous. Uh, Pete Dunn, we do not call him by his new name, took on, I'm sorry, he's still King Woods, in my view. Champ, you push your Barry this match. Give it a bit of a push. This was not a bad matchup here. Uh, mm -mm. Pete Dunn was very vicious. He was scrappy, yep. do light. He did get beat with the most overused, most overused and devastating move in all sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. Shout-out to Simon Miller. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden, he was so pissed off, he started beating up on Sheamus and Rich Holland. I know. Like, what are you, like, yo, scrappy dude, temper tantrum, head ass. But no, I push it. It was pretty good. I push it as well, and my issue is, uh, I guess King of the Ring isn't supposed to last an entire year now. Hmm? King of the Ring is supposed to last you an entire year. Uh, right. we, we don't have King Xavier Woods now. It's just Xavier Woods. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Fucking bullshit. But, that's crazy. And the match itself was good. And I think we're going to have to deal with Dunn and other call-ups being treated as a two-bit joke, though. We say it, but it's coming. And we saw a face turn, folks. On happy time, champ. You push your berry. Small push because I don't care. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm glad that Mac. I, I'm glad that Mac had won. I'm not. No, I can't even. I sound stupid saying I'm glad he won the, the Orange the Giant Memorial Battle yeah. Royal when I shit on it last week. But I think because now it led to a face turn and him getting away from Happy Corbin, I'm actually pretty happy about it. So I give it a small push. Give it a small push. I give it a small push. It was decent. Um, please go back to Riddick Moss and a change in wardrobe. Get, well, get rid of those goddamn suspenders, please, and thank you. A.C. Evans is reintroducing us to her after all this time. And this time it's not the sassy Southern Belle. Champ, you push your berry. Oh, I get this a push. This is a very emotional promo. Clearly, mm -hmm. she spoke from the heart. She spoke from her soul. She spoke of reality. It wasn't storyline, kayfabe, none of that. It was real life shit that she went through, and she spoke on it. You could tell because it was getting to her emotionally. She was feeling it emotionally, and there you go. So I give it a push. It was a really good promo. I, I give this a solid push, and it was definitely a high point of the week here. Um, it was a great idea to throw aside the Southern Bell gimmick and get into the more real life story to rebuild Lacey Evans and you saw experience of the Marines as well. Good shit. And we closed out with the bloodline. And this buildup for Friday leads us to, well, I want the tag team titles to be unified. Put Shinsuke Nakamura to challenge the tribal chief, champion Pusher Barry. Slight push. Uh, same thing as what happened with 
what happened on Monday? Well, th not really, because they actually told us what the plan is. They want to be unified tag chairs, which tells me that they want to unify pretty much every belt that's yeah. not un that's that has a brand on it, and it is what it is. But it was okay. Shinsuke coming out was so random. They didn't even let the man talk. He they stopped him talking. He gave him a hug, and then he got super kicked. I'm like, yo, why are we treating this man like this, man? When he was in New Japan, that man was treated like a king. He was the king of strong yeah. style. Over here, they treating him like a chump, and I'm tired of it, honestly. Real talk, I'm tired of it. Dead ass. I'm leaving it where it is. Because you mean to tell me we're not getting Drew McIntyre? We're getting Shinsuke Nakamura? And unifying the tag belts makes sense since WWE splits up tag team faster, tag teams faster than they do change the name of wrestlers. But I've got a bad feeling the brand split's going to end. And if that ends, you can kiss goodbye 30% of your roster like that. Yep, pretty much. And we close out the Pusherberry Week in Review with AEW Rampage. And it opened up with one hell of a banger. Brian Danielson versus Trent Beretta of the Best Friends. Champ, you push a berry. Push. This was a fantastic contest. These two guys absolutely went to war. And mm -hmm. it just goes to show you that Brian Danielson, reborn in AEW, is a big W for wrestling in general. Trent is definitely performing at a very high level despite coming back from a neck from neck surgery. He's still mm -hmm. doing it and it's doing it very well as a singles competitor. He's not just a tag team guy. He can work singles as well. So push, 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 push. Oh, solid push. Really good way to open up Rampage this week. And for those who haven't gotten the memo, the entrances are up on their YouTube channel for to make room for the four matches they have per week on Rampage. Solid match here, bottom line. Moving on, Swerve Strickland had a match against QT Marshall last night, champ. You push your Barry showcase match. Push that one as well. Uh, again, the factory, the story, the, the, the messaging I have for them is like they look good in losing because they look mm -hmm. good, but then they lose. So yep. but this was a really good match for Swerve. Again, Swerve is just like starting off hot coming into AEW. Um, and just, yeah, just good stuff, you know? So definitely push that. Push it, push it, push it. Um, solid push. Really good showcase match here for Strickland. Um, QT is busy putting over new talent, and you got to love that part. Another entry into the Owen Hart Memorial Cup, Red Velvet took on Willow Nightingale. Champ, you push your bearing. This was surprisingly, a uh, really surprisingly good match. I just got to see Willow Nightingale at... Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, when she challenged, uh -huh. when she went up against Mercedes Martinez for the interim Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, and that match was that match ruled. This was a really good match. It was sloppy at times on Red Velvet's part, but she's still continuing to grow. But this was a really solid matchup, so I give it a push. I give it a solid push here. Outcome was never in doubt, and both wrestlers are improving, so it gets a push here easily. I then disagree. I disagree. No. There were some times in that matchup I thought Willow was going to upset. Yeah. That ass. That ass. It was a good match, though. And Willow is another one of those talents, as well as Red Velvet, that we saw 
go through dark and dark elevation and just really build themselves up. This is really, really good shit. And of course, before the main event, we had the promo segment with Mark Henry Moxley. Wheeler, you the champ, you push your berry. John Moxley made this promo, I pushed, because Wheeler Yuta basically repeated what he said in a pre-tape promo that was played on Dynamite. He yeah. basically repeated it ver- verbatim. I'm not verbatim. kidding you. I'm yeah. not kidding you. I listened to that, and I'm like, wait. He said the exact same thing in his pre-tape yes. on Wednesday, and he's just uh-huh. basically repeating it. John Moxley made this promo. Otherwise, this, prom- this promo would have been ass if it was somebody else who's not as good as Moxley. So I'm giving it a push because of Moxley, but Willie Euler, man, you got to work on that, baby. You can't repeat <laughs> promos, dude. We don't do that around here. Yeah. Uh, giving it a small push because, again, as Champ said, Wheeler Yuta said the same thing Wednesday night on Dynamite. Moxley saved the segment with a fresh promo. And then we had the main event in a very intriguing post-match. John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta plus the post-match fireworks. Champ, you push your berry. Brother, this gets my oh, ultimate mega push of the week. What oh. a match. Oh, my God. What a match. Wheeler Yuta was ab- showed absolute heart, determination, and skill. Moxie just absolutely kicked the crap out of him. But yes. at, in the end, even though Wheeler Yuta lost, he won. Moxley won the Blackpool Combat Club won, and you know who else won, damn it? The fans won, because that yes. was one of the best TV matches, single TV singles matches I've seen in a long time. Mega push mm-hmm. of the week for me. Mega push here, and not only that, but Wheeler Yuta proved he does not need the best friends. I hope he joins the, uh, I hope he joins them. I hope he joins the uh, Blackpool uh, Combat is. Club. I think he is, because you got to remember something that Moxley said. Said he doesn't join up with people unless they've bled together. And ooh, there were some buckets spilled last night, to say the least. And for those who think that Yuta won't make it without the best friends, think again, because the guy running the Blackpool Combat Club is the great William Regal. Now. Before we get to final thoughts, before mm-hmm. we get to final thoughts, I do have breaking news, courtesy of Sage, our New Japan analyst. The Wrestling Duntaku 2022 card has been announced for, <gasps> uh, for May the 1st. And here are the matches as they are. We have six championship six. matches out of eight matches total that will be taking place at Wrestling Duntaku in Fugoka's Pepe Dome, the biggest festival card in years. It'll be available live and in English on NJPW World. And here is the card. It opens with a wild six-man tag match as the Dangerous Techers, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi, the current KOPW 2022 trophy holder, along with Taka Michinoku, face off against the unlikely team of LIJ's uh, Shingo Takagi, Hiromu Takahashi and Tatsumi Fujinami, the Japanese legend himself, is teaming with LIJ. Unbelievable. 
That's going to open the show. Next, we will have a special singles match, which will see the House of Tortures, Yujiro Takahashi, one-third of the Never Open Way Six-Man Tag Team Champions, going up against Tangaloa. That should be good. Then we get our championship matches uh, cooking because we have for the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, Team 6 or 9, Master Watso and Ryusuke Taguchi defend against Yoshinobu Kanamaru and Doki, who apparently made a challenge for those championships backstage after a hyper battle, which I have not yet seen yet, so I'm going to check that out. Next... The first defense for the new IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb, will be a triple threat match because they will be challenged by the former champions, Bishimon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi, and friend of the show, Chase Owens, along with Bad Luck Fale. Let's go! Yes. Next, we will have for the Never Open Weight Championship, Tama Tonga challenges Evil for that championship. Not only is he coming for that championship, he's coming for blood after the way he turned on him, the Evil, at the New mm-hmm. Japan Cup. I yep. cannot wait for that. Oh, my God. Next, for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, it will be El Desperado defending the championship against uh, against... Taiji Ishimori, Ishimori issued the challenge after Desperado's successful defense against Show earlier today. So now he will get his shot. Uh, even though Francesco Akira did approach both, uh, confront both of them to let them know he will see them in Best of Super Juniors and join uh, the United Empire, we are getting that match in the, in the semifinal for the I, for the vacant. IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. That is what I did not mention during the recap. Sonata did come out after the intermission to announce that because there's no timetable on when he return, he's going to return from surgery to repair a broken orbital bone in his left eye. He is be- he had to relinquish the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. Will Osprey came. He he wanted to give the title back to Tanahashi, the person that he wanted from. But Osprey said, ain't no way in hell that's happening. Give it to me because I beat you in the New Japan Cup. Tanahashi came out and said in clear English, first he told him to shut up because he wouldn't stop talking, which I Mm -hmm. thought was funny as hell. He told him to shut up, and he told him, why don't me and you go at it for the U.S. championship? And that's what's going to happen at Wrestling Dontaku. They're going to fight it out for the vacant U.S. heavyweight championship. Main event, Kazuchika Okada will defend the world heavyweight championship against Tetsuya Naito in the main event. So that's your card for May the 1st, Wrestling Don't Taco 2021. That'll be the final event that they have before it's all about the junior heavyweights and the best of Super Juniors tournament. So yep. can't wait for that. All right. Now we go to final thoughts. We talk about things either wrestling related or non-wrestling related in the world. And then we plug what we have coming up. Sith as always kicks us off. So Sith, the floor is now yours. Okay. Well, we've come to the end of season three and it's been a year of growth here. We actually took off of Twitch, quickly became an affiliate soon after. We've gone through some changes here and there, and even added some more social media to the insanity as well. We've actually developed a really good community here on Twitch that's still definitely growing, to say the least. Um, Champ is moderating several Twitch streams, and through that, the community has grown very easily. And on behalf of Champ and Donnie and myself, I thank everyone who's joined us in the last year on the Twitch platform. 
I would also like to thank our families, my girlfriend Whitney, love you babe, who's lurking in the chat, Champ and Donnie's better halves as well, as well as all of our audio platform listeners and all Twitch viewers as well. We've done a lot of growth since last April, as back then it was another part of the pandemic, it was mainly empty arena shows and the Thunderdome. Now the fans are back in arenas and things are starting to settle back into what they were. I'm doing TikTok promos and quick takes reviews as well on there and getting a little bit of traction there with the people. We've seen our viewers as well as ourselves through some tough times and a lot of fun as well. I think the hardest thing for me this season was my going through COVID, but that was honestly just after a while being batshit because of the fact I was quarantined to protect my family and friends. Sure, we've gone through some peaks together and hit hard bumps, but together we came out good in the end. We lost some of our family here this year as well, and we remember them still to this day, bottom line, and spending gas last year with you all. As I tell you all this time of year, this isn't goodbye at all for good. Champ and I get a few weeks to recharge and refresh our minds as we get ready for season four. We're going to be back in two weeks to live react to Impact Wrestling Rebellion, which will be on pay-per-view and Fight TV. And in three weeks' time, the weekly podcast will be back with our reviews of the Rebellion pay-per-view. And after tomorrow's episode of Basement, we will be on a two-week vacation as well, but we'll return to you on April the 24th with a lot of fun in store for you all. And tomorrow in the basement, what 30 films did I leave feeling good about in time or still despise? That and more tomorrow on Spotify, Champ, for the final time in Season 3, I yield the floor, sir. All right. So, honestly, I did not know what I wanted to talk about when I came on. But I figured it out before. I, I, I figured it out late in the day. Um, because we got news that former Washington Commanders quarterback uh, Dwayne Haskins passed away tragically in, in an accident in South Florida uh, while he was training, uh, while he was there training with members of the Steelers, uh, all the position players for the Steelers offense. And... It really made it really made me sad because he was only 24 years of age. He was only 24 years of age. He had so much ahead of him, and now that's no longer the case. I don't know how to react to that. I don't know how to react to that except to be very sad, be sad for his family, be sad for his friends, and sad for his teammates. And it's crazy because this happened and I feel a lot of sadness. And then I think about a disgraced Hall of Famer who continuously gets chance after chance after chance to absolutely destroy their lives. And finally, someone had to die for people to realize that this person is absolutely screwed up. And that person is Tammy Lynn Stitch, Sonny. If you haven't heard, 
She's in trouble with the law again for the third time this year. Think about this. She got out of jail last, like two, like what, last year, two years ago. She gets out of jail. And in 2022, has already been arrested for making threats and carrying a deadly weapon towards her partner, F buddy, whoever that guy was, driving under the influence and driving without a license, and now possibly going to be charged with driving under the influence and vehicular manslaughter. She's driving fast down a road in Florida, runs into a stop car, who runs into another stop car. The person in the first stop car that got hit dies. A 75-year-old man died. If Tammy Lynn Stitch is not sitting in a jail cell still to this day right now, I question Florida being a part of this union with their justice system. That woman should not be walking free right now. At all. She should not be walking free at all. Right now, she should not be walking free at all because that 75-year-old man can't see her, her, his family ever again. Can't see him ever again because she made a choice. I am tired of Sunny. I am tired of Sunny. She needs to go to jail for the rest of her life. Either one, either one. I'm just, I'm so tired of it. I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. No more Sunny. No more Sunny. Put her in jail for the rest of her life. Lock her ass up. I don't ever want to see, hear, or smell Sunny ever again. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm no more. And again, to Dwayne Haskins family, by the way, it's 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 hard to really quantify that. I don't. I know it's so weird me putting those two together, but just know my my brain is so different when it comes. It just like. Life is precious. Life is so precious, right? And right now, a mother is mourning. Um, parent, parents are mourning the loss of their child. Junior, come here. Y'all seen this kid right here on, on, my, on this stream. This is my son. This is my son. If anything were to ever happen to him, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. He is the reason that I get up in the morning. When I, when I get up in the morning and I don't feel like getting up, going to work, and doing whatever, I look at this face. I see this face. I see his baby picture on my phone as a screensaver. And it pushes me to get up and go through whatever I got to go through, no matter how I'm feeling. If anything ever happened to him, I wouldn't know what to do. So for Dwayne's parents, this is the most unbearable thing to have to deal with because you never want to outlive your children. Never. And I don't plan to outlive mine, ever, if God, for God willing. I love you. So that's all I have to say about that. God, God, Godspeed, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Prayers to his family, friends, his teammates, and his fans. And to Tammy Lynn Stitch, I hope you go to jail for the rest of your absolute God-ugly life. And that is my final thought. This Monday... It will be Wizards Roundtable for the final time before it turns into the NBA Roundtable as the playoffs are getting ready to begin as the Wizards season ends on Sunday. And it ends on, it's going to look like it's going to end on a whimper for this team after it looked like it was so promising for them. But 
that's all we have for that. Oh, and champ, note to WWE, rescind Sonny out of the Hall of Fame. Facts! Facts! It's, I mean, get we all out of there. Kids. But if you're going to get rid of Nash for the stupidity he did and make him, quote, banned, it's time to get rid of Sonny out of the Hall of Fame for good. Brother, they got Hogan out of the Hall of Fame real quick when the yes. M-bombs dropped in them leak calls. They got him out mm -hmm. real quick. Sonny just killed a man in a vehicle under the yep. influence, and she's still listed as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Man, how wild is that? I don't get it, bro. It's Either way, any stupidity thing. Yeah, well. Yep, Hector's thinking just like us right there. Yeah, you got to you got to revoke her from WWE mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. Like I said, you were able you did that shit when when them when them calls leak for Hulk Hogan, man. Y'all got him out of there so fast, which I'm I'm glad you did, by the way. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy you did that. But mm. the fact that Sunny can still be considered a Hall of Famer and not have yeah. herself revoked after all the crap she's done in her life after leaving WWE just absolutely just blows my freaking mind. I just don't understand how she's still allowed Same. to do this to this very day, dude. Yep. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, <laughs> we thank you. I just want to say, we've done 153 of these episodes over three seasons. It has been an incredible ride. It's hard. You know, I, I want to be excited for season four but it seems like hope and I'm hoping that in season four things can get better. I'll have better yeah. equipment and I'll be able to sound better. I'll be able to look better. The presentation will look better and we'll be able to do a lot more in season four, not only with the podcast, but with our Twitch channel as well. It's a slow process. It's a slow grind. It, but we're getting there, but thank you for continuing to support us throughout our growth and our development we started off on blog talk radio where it was a sh it was crap uh, it was just crap crap audio it sounded like we were over the phone even if we were direct connect through the computer mm -hmm. we sounded like we were on the phone it didn't sound good the sound bites nothing sounded good and it was just really it just it was really discouraging to have that and things like that but we we persevered we made it work we grew from there we took a chance and we went to the we went to anchor we started doing our own recording and everything like that and look where we are now we're able to be mm -hmm. on a platform like Twitch and have a growing community i'm still working on our discord for anybody who are for people on twitch or people listening working on our discord so you can get announcements about when we're streaming when we're the podcast is uploaded things like that i'm working on and all that stuff i'm just very it i gotta get I, I, a lot of days i lack motivation which i gotta fix but it's hard but thank you all for the support over these last three seasons. Mm -hmm. Season four, I hope, will be the best where we grow even more, get even better, and just continue to shine. Yeah, and that, that's right, yeah. Hector. Hector did announce that he was going to be a father right here. He didn't, hadn't even told his mom yet or his best yeah. friends. He told us. <laughs> that's crazy. But, no, that's cool, though. We appreciate that, Hector. Yeah. We appreciate that you, you know, you trust, you know. Us. 
you trusted us with that, and we appreciate mm -hmm. that. Okay. So there you go. All right. So for those listening on our audio platforms, we do appreciate you guys showing us the love and listening to us every week. Just remember, we are on a break for the next two weeks. We are on a break, so we won't be doing any shows. Uh, we won't be uploading any podcasts or only live stream we may be doing will be the Rebellion live reactions in, uh, on the 23rd. But other than that, no podcast for the next two weeks. So enjoy the time off. Feel free to go back in the archives, find your favorite episodes and re-listen to it again. And maybe you find something I may have said wrong and come and correct me and make me look like a dumbass. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> you look like an ass. Asshole. So. That is true. But anyway, guys, yeah. we appreciate you. Thank you for... The three, the three seasons, and I can't wait for season four. You guys have a great one, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Peace out. See you in two weeks. Hey, guys. It's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash nospotspod, as well as on Twitter at truenospotspod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.